Blog Talk Radio. Get that crap out of here. Turn over chain, 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 turn over chain. You see big homie get a fumble, he get a turn over chain, see big homie get a pick up, he get a turn over chain, 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 you see the whole crowd don't use us. We want that turnover chain. See the whole crowd going crazy. We want that turnover chain. Turnover chain. Turnover chain is deeper than jewelry, deeper than blink. It's deeper. See, this is our thing. And you as a team is strictly for cake. To you. Invented the swag. You rented and bragged. But we want it back. Let me get that. But you can keep the old one. Can we keep something new in the bag? All of these players is hungry. Don't come in here thinking it's funny. We aiming for something. Rocking the chains when it's sunny. Even when rain in the summer, we ain't going to be trying to hope you quarterback don't take a sweep. The defense will make them take a seat. And if somebody strip the ball out, if somebody get a Cuban link. Now you know how it go with the fans though. We be going wild out in the stands though. If you're not with a team, you're not familiar. If you throwing yours up, you're not familiar. Come on, get loose like a band, trombone. Go through a five up, my home. CWA, tell them about it. All the canes going wild when we yelling this out. Turn over chain, 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 turn over chain. Turn over chain. Turn over chain. You seen big homie get a fumble? Shocking 20 points to Florida State on Saturday. The Miami defense forced two turnovers, and the Canes scored two touchdowns in a span of 42 seconds to turn the tide against the upset-minded Florida State Seminoles and eventually escape with a one-point 28-27 victory that inspired euphoria within the Canes nation. At least it did for a few moments. Given time to slice and dice it all up, everything that we saw in Saturday's game, and get over the shock of that one-point victory, there has been the usual wide range of opinions amongst the fan base about just what they saw. Was the win over Florida State cause for celebration over the mere fact of winning, something that always seems to be taken for granted in college football and in sports in general? Or are you holding out for style points 
and wondering how the heck Miami found itself in that mess against a team that it appeared to be vastly superior to going into the contest. Or is the truth maybe somewhere in the middle? Maybe Florida State was better than advertised. You had to be impressed with the Knowles defense in particular. Maybe there's a reality that this Miami team is going to be dragged down at times against good competition by its deficiencies on the offensive line, and now also as a byproduct of developing a young quarterback. The O-line had major struggles against LSU before it even got to Florida State, and both teams have pretty strong defensive lines. And this was Nikosi Perry's big game. And Mark Richt is clearly keeping that under consideration as he develops his offensive game plans and calls plays during the game. The voters out there clearly still have questions about the Hurricanes as they are not rewarding Miami just yet for its five straight victories. The Hurricanes, 5-1 and one and 2-0 and oh now in the ACC, moved up just two spots at, to number 15 in the coaches' poll and one spot to number 16 in the AP Top 25. You remember they began the season at number 8. So we're going to discuss all of this and more tonight as Miami prepares to begin the second half of the season this Saturday at Virginia, where they're only about a 7-point favorite in a place where they've often struggled. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com. And I welcome you once again to Cane Sport Live, presented this season by Sicilian Oven, with six restaurants throughout the South Florida area. At Sicilian Oven, you'll not only love the taste, you will taste the love. And I know a lot of Canes fans that went there for a post-game meal to celebrate on Saturday night after the FSU game. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. More than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Same system as always. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue, and we bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. We once again have asked the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. We'll address them during the course of the evening. But let's start out for a moment here by discussing the dilemma of the Canes fan. First, the victory. No, it wasn't as big as many expected or wanted, but I say the same thing every single year. When you go into a football season, you're going to have usually several games a year, no matter how good you might or might not be, where the balance of the game is hanging in the fourth quarter. The domination by the defense in the second half was something to marvel. Just how those guys took the game into their own hands. Manny Diaz's aggressive defensive style played perfectly into that. Miami had to bring some heat to get back in the game and force mistakes, and they did. Now, I'm not confident that the Canes would have won that game if the defense didn't force those couple of turnovers. It would have been really tough. The scoring drives in the third quarter were 20 yards and 17 yards. 
The latter in one play, thanks to the huge plays that were made by the defense. So I say don't take that win for granted. Treat it like the precious commodity that it was and that it is. Let's also touch for a moment on the struggles of the offense, on the development of Nikozi Perry, and how some people are conflicting those two things with Mark Rick's play calling. First, fans booed Malik Rozier and pleaded for Mark Rick to make a quarterback change. Now people are booing over the mixed results and complaining about Rick's play calling. But has Rick's play calling been shaky? Or has it really been magnificent? Perry is as inexperienced as it gets. And he just came out of a Florida State game, which he started for the first time in his career, with four touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Go back and look through the history of first-time quarterbacks in the Miami-Florida State Series. It's not very pretty for either program. So those numbers shouldn't be taken for granted. Nikozi Perry is probably doing about as well as you could expect him to do. Yes, he's leaving plays on the field. Yes, every play isn't perfect. How could you expect that to be the case with this kid? But Mark Richt is doing a good enough job on the practice field during the week in isolating plays that he will call during the game and expect Nikozi to be able to execute. And you saw him the other night when the Canes needed him most. And he, play after play, made really, in some cases, spectacular throws to get the Canes back in the game. And I think you've got to give both Rick and Perry an enormous amount of credit for that. He's tightening up his play calls. No argument there. But he's also giving Perry plenty of repetition on the practice field during the week on the plays that he intends to call on Saturday. And Perry is showing up at the stadium prepared to execute. It would be foolish to think that Mark Rick could throw an entire playbook out there at Nikozi Perry and expect him to go through a ball game and execute without a whole assortment of mistakes, some of them devastating. I've said it from the very beginning of the year. Mark Richt is as experienced as any coach in the country in developing quarterbacks and managing quarterbacks. If you can't trust him with this, you can't trust him with anything. And I know there are some of out there that are just looking for excuses to criticize coaches and criticize the head coach. Right now, they're yelling and screaming. Gary is being a homer again. Gary always defends the coach. Well, I defend the coach until he proves otherwise. And I think Mark Richt is doing one heck of a job at Miami. We don't know what the future holds. I can't tell you that he's going to win a national title. I can't tell you that he's going to win an ACC title. I can't tell you that he's not going to be the same guy that they complained about at Georgia, who wins nine or ten games a year but doesn't win the big games. You know, I can't, um, I can't predict the future for you. I can tell you he's doing a heck of a job right now. And... He's doing a heck of a job with Nikozi Perry. And I know a lot of you expected Nikozi to just walk on the field and contend to win the Heisman Trophy this year. That's not reality. Nikozi's playing darn well. 
and he's playing darn well because he's being well-prepared during the week by Mark Richt. The touchdown pass to Brevin Jordan was a perfect example. Miami practiced that play extensively last week. Perry's assignment was simple. To make the play work, he had to do a good job of staring down the FSU safety in the middle of the field and take his eyes away from Jordan, who was running around up the left side. Perry did it masterfully, and then he pivoted to his left and lofted a perfect ball to Jordan. The play that preceded that touchdown was another example. Jeff Thomas, as he ran down the middle of the field, was covered as well as a receiver could possibly be covered. Perry didn't hesitate. He threw the ball to a spot and found the lane between three defenders. Was it a dangerous throw? Heck yeah. But he trusted Thomas to make the play, put the ball. The only place where Thomas could alone make the play on it, it was a perfect throw, and Miami had a big gainer that set up the pass to Jordan for a touchdown. Now, I understand people want to see this type of standard of excellence more often during the course of a game. That just might not be reality yet, folks. This might be a case of less is more. And Rick seems to be getting his desired results by managing the load he places on Perry each week and exchanging it for better execution and limited mistakes on the plays he does put in the game plan. Yeah, there's a risk of doing business when you put a young freshman quarterback like Nikozi Perry out there and make him your starter. You heard me express concerns about it in recent weeks. It's been twisted and turned. Oh, Gary's for Malik. Gary has a no. Gary's not for Malik. Gary's for the Hurricanes winning games and making everybody happy. Okay. And I understood that what Mark Rick was doing, and I understood that Malik Rozier had a cap and he had already reached it, and he wasn't getting any better than what he was. And what he was was not good enough. The Canes were losing way too many games. Three straight to end last year. The LSU game to start this year. Mark Richt is looking for better than that, just like everybody else. And right now the goal is to show up in Charlotte on December the 1st and be able to play a better game and and have a shot to upset Clemson and win the ACC championship. It wasn't going to happen, most likely, with Malik Rozier, quarterback. So Mark Richt took a gamble here. And he turned the reins of the program over to Nikozi Perry. And now he's got to develop them. And it's a two-month project. It's not a two-week project. And there's a risk of doing business that comes with that. And, yeah, it gets accentuated in a game like Saturday where things don't go exactly as planned. And now you're suddenly down by 20 points. Rick thought about going back to Rozier just because Rozier has orchestrated comebacks before in his career. But he never panicked. And when the defense got those turnovers, he was able to stick with Perry. And Perry rewarded him by perfectly executing those plays that they repeated over and over again on the practice field last week. It might not have happened if, say, they had to divide the practice time. And I don't know what the exact number of plays they practiced during the week last week was. But if they had to divide it by, say, double the number of plays or triple the number of plays, Maybe Perry doesn't execute quite as perfectly as he did in the clutch on Saturday. To me, that was a significant move forward. I'll be curious to hear what you guys have to say as we move forward in the show. All right, let's get out to your calls. The number, 
You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's start out tonight in the 786, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how are you, my friend? Doing great. Who's this, everything? You know it, baby. What's up, man? You beat Greg to the punch tonight. What you got? Well, you know, when I give a little bit of effort, it's amazing what I can do, you know? (laughs) Uh, he's He's been on hold for 30 minutes, so you called in early. Well, retired, retired, retired life has been pretty good. I, I, I have to admit, I have no, uh, <laughs> nothing better to do at this stage, and all the kids are good, so it's my time now. Gary, um, first of all, I want to touch upon what we discussed last week, where I made it clear that this is going to be a war. And if you were there from the very beginning, I, as soon as the gates were open, you know, I went in, um, and I, I could tell you. The, the tension was just there. All, I mean, between coaches, support staff, you know, police officers. They, I mean, it was it was it was it was going to be a war. And then, one of the FSU guys started, and we went ahead and and countered. I felt pretty good. I I was thinking to myself, we got a really good shot here. We really do. Uh, but then the game started, and you know, for some reason, we couldn't execute. On third down, once again, we we couldn't block two or three guys that were pretty much easy to block. Or two offensive linemen against two uh, defensive backs that we both missed. I'm like, you know, they're not focused. And as the game went on that first quarter, everything that I talked about, I started seeing come to fruition, um, especially the uneasiness. I, I, I emphasized this last week to you guys. Until you play in this game, I almost think there's more pressure at home to be the quarterback for your very first start ever against Florida State, yeah, because we're no we're a crowd that demands that you, that not that you just be perfect, but that you kick their ass, and that you're the aggressor. And we didn't see that early on. He was a he was a very nervous kid early on. Here, I think you would admit that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I to- I totally agree. Let me uh, let me throw out a couple things. Uh, you know, I, I think that for starters. That and the coaches have admitted to this in the last couple of days. I think they underestimated the um, the impact that Florida State's defensive line would make at the line of scrimmage. I think I think that sometimes when 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 this when this staff screws up a little bit, it's usually because they've you know I don't want to say fallen in love with their players because they should be in love with all their players, but they, they from what I've noticed is they sometimes tend to overestimate what guys can do. And, you know, immediately Brian Burns was way too much to handle. And, and they, they couldn't handle Brian Burns up there. And, and you know, Marvin Wilson was and having a moment. And we talked about too. that last week. We yeah. talked about and, that Yeah, and you watch Florida State struggle in the early part of the season. And maybe that creates a little bit of a false sense of security. Because let me tell you something. What I saw the other night was a football team that has a lot of talent and a lot of athletes. And well, you know that's yeah. that's a dangerous team, and 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 it looked to me like like they're 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 coming along, and and they're going to beat somebody potentially down the stretch if Willie Taggart gets his act together. But he's another story. But you know, so well, I think they, I think that way. Let me just finish real quick. I think they underestimated a little bit uh, what was going to happen at the line of scrimmage, and I think that that screwed up the offense a little bit early. Also, I agree with you. I think Nikosi was a little tight. He he missed some throws that he shouldn't have missed. 
and and that bogged down some other possessions, and it just kind of like snowballed. And you know, Rick was a little conservative early. I, I you know, no argument there either. Uh, but you know, you put it all together, and now Florida State was in the ball game going into the second quarter, and then just things just started to go bad, and it's and it snowballed, and before they knew it, they're they're down, you know. A couple touchdowns going into halftime, and then they give a punt return. I'm going to give you, you know, something here that, that maybe – before we get into the snowball, I'm going, to, I'm going to throw something at you. We come back, we tied the ball game. We have a nice, what was a 75 or 76-yard drive, if I'm not mistaken, 74-yard drive, something like that. And and we score. It's a tie ball game. We, we force them to punt. We start to move the ball. We move the ball with three consecutive run plays. Okay, look at the just look at the way it was charted, and then he opens up on first down, which sometimes is, is the right call to make, but to the short side of the field, which is not a good thing to do when the wide side has Burns lined up again against a guy who is singly single-handedly getting his ass beat and needs help, and there was no protection for him there. There was not one guy to chip, and that was that was a key mistake by Rick. You got them on their heels a bit. You're not running right at them. You're running wide. You're trapped a little bit. You got a couple counters going on. The next thing you know, they start shifting over, right? When they start shifting over, that line shifts over. You know, the backside's there. And we didn't see that. So he got away from something. That, and that was, the, that was the, the turnover that got them. That, that's what ignited them. And after that, man, they, we, we, that had snowball. And I, and I think it comes down to one thing with him. He had the tendency, and my friends in Georgia always told me this, the guy out, 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 outsmarts himself. He outthinks him, the, the, the basic, the obvious stuff. You know, the KISS principle is not always applied with him because he's so far ahead game plan-wise that he, he just continues to just try to go ahead and, and go for that knockout punch real quick. And that's not how you tire a defense out. But, but at the same time, he didn't panic. I mean, he had a lot of offense in his back pocket. He never panicked. I mean, I, even in the middle of the third quarter, he had one series where he ran the ball three straight times, and the stadium started booing, and nobody could believe their eyes. <laughs> right. It was but, third. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. But, but, but you know what, Gary? At the end of the day, what ignited everything was that chain making that appearance. And after that, then we snowballed. And I'm going to tell you. No doubt. You know, Nikosi – he, I mean, he had some great throws. Yeah, there was a lot of drops in that game. But if yep. that defense doesn't do what they did, we get blown out. That's, yeah, the, that's the no doubt. truth. With a loss by a couple touchdowns. Specific. Let's be more specific. This is year three, right? What do we know about this program? We know that the main, the central component, the engine of this program is that defensive front. That's what we know. It hasn't changed in three years. It, hell, it got so good the first year, you had two major underachieving kids get drafted that are playing in the NFL right now, playing in the secondary somewhere. Okay? So that's been our engine. And you look at what continues to be the areas of struggle. It's what he's in charge of. And I, and I can't continue to buy the excuse of, well, it's not his players, not enough depth, not enough quality depth. No. You've got you've to make things simple. And you've got to have guys around you that can test you. You mentioned earlier, they were thinking they were better than they were in certain areas. That's why you have guys in your staff, in that staff room, 
that don't look at things through your eyes. They use their own pupils to figure things out. They don't, they, those, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I know you can test me on this, but it, it's, it's more than obvious because you've got the same situation that happened in year one. It's happening right, now. There's no well, let me play devil's ad- let me play devil's advocate for a second, okay? And I understand what you're saying. The you know the the offensive line is not there yet, no question. But you're in year three, like you said, and you're seeing a forward progression. And and if you look back through the history of the program, this is exactly how it's always been. I mean, you know, the 1983 national championship team didn't become a national championship team in year three of Howard Schnellenberger. I mean, it, it didn't become a, it didn't become at that level of a team till the fifth year, and and that team even lost its its first game of the year, and you know before it put it all together and then ended up winning the championship. Uh, you know, if you look back through the other times when there you know there have been reclamation projects, I mean, Butch Davis didn't get Miami to a championship level until until the fifth year. You know, and he I understand Larry Coker had to see it through, but like. Uh, you know, it didn't happen quicker for Butch, who was the greatest recruiter maybe in college football history in his, you know, when he was in the prime of his career. I'm not going to say he's doing that at FIU now. He's not. But, but you know, so w- when does it ever happen in, in two years? And well, at the same time, but, but that, at the same time, wait a minute. At the same time, you're looking at a program that all of us are sitting here thinking they're going to win 11 games potentially this year before they get to no, Charlotte. I, I, you know, I have I, if they get to Charlotte. You know, that's the way. And I And they may drop I mean, one. They, they may drop one. Yeah. They may drop one. They may even drop two. And I'm telling you. And people have been saying, "Why is Gary so negative about the quarterback?" That is the cost of doing business with a freshman quarterback. They may drop one that they shouldn't drop. It almost happened Saturday. No, no doubt. And and and, and another thing we talk about, you know, is our lack of consistency on special teams. I start three opportunities on punt return for us, and we've got two guys back. Guess what that means, Gary? That means if Willie is smart and his, his special team guy is smart, he runs a, pre, a, a real quick fake and a counter, and guess what? They got a first down. It was open twice. guy next to me, who I, I don't even know, I mean, we've had season tickets there forever, and he's, I know he's coached high, high school before and all that good stuff and played in college, played a little bit CFL. He, he, he was yelling at right in front of me. If they want to take it, they can take us right now. There's too much lack of there's there are too many holes, coaching wise. Because look, the eye in this guy don't lie; it's there. Listen, I've seen I've seen teams put guys back in punt formation many times. I don't think that's fair. You, I know, you don't know you, can. you don't know why they're doing can. it. They they clearly have a reason for doing it. I don't know what that reason is because I didn't ask the question. But I mean, I've seen football teams do that on many occasions. Yeah, you rarely see that these days because right now what you're looking at is a bunch of athletes. There's less big guys out there. You're seeing it less and less. It takes away an athletic guy in case there is a fake. Anyway, we can debate that forever. But, you know, turn the page, getting ready for this week. I put, I, I put on, as I always do, I put on what I believe and what I see and what I think. And I normally I use a contingency when I make a prediction. This time I'm not using any contingencies whatsoever. I'm telling you right now, based on the following three things, why I think we're screwed this week. And the first thing that comes to mind is this ACC network of the good old boys system, and they cannot stand Miami. They hate Miami. And those raps are going to do everything they can to screw us up there in Charlottesville. I promise you that. Here's a friend of mine, a former colleague of ours, is an ACC official, continues to be one in football. Horror stories are the things that we hear, some of the things that we hear. Okay? So it is what it is. 
That's the first thing I'd take a look at. Why was this game slated three weeks ago for 7 o'clock by ESPN? It's not an opportunity uh, not for, for, America, that's just, for America to see us. I mean, I mean, do you really think that Virginia Tech-Notre Dame game was going to be good after they, after they lost to a 1AA team? That wasn't going to be a good game. Well, Miami gets good ratings. That's what they want to put uh, Miami on TV. Miami so gets why good ratings. Why game were they not placed on, at the, on the 8 o'clock game? That game needed to be the 8 o'clock game. But it's always an opportunity to take a shot at us because the, the ESPN just loves the SEC, and that's it. Look at every promo they run and what it's about. Very little is outside the SEC and outside of, of frickin' Nick Satan. But anyway, those things come to mind right away. And then most importantly, I go back to my coaching days. You know how hard it is this week to work these guys after they all, what we everybody went through last week and then getting the Amon Richards news? That's why those guys today were, were working extra after practice hitting that sled because they suck today. I mean, yep. CMR didn't say that, but they freaking suck today at practice. There was no life. They were lethargic. They weren't executing. It was a shit show today. Okay, and that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. Because of all those things, and if you've ever coached and you ever win a big game and then you've got like a game the following that's not that big of a game, man, practice isn't as sharp. Coaches aren't as sharp. And most importantly, as a team, we're not together as well as we need to be. And, I, and I, that's what I foresee. And I, I, I'm going to give credit to a guy who had a great breakdown. And I think his name is Vivid Jane. He broke down University of Virginia, broke him down to a T. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall, that guy does not get enough credit for being an outstanding coach. They came in here last year and exposed our weaknesses on defense in three possessions. Guy could coach, has a good staff. Traditional football guys in that room over there, they're going to be ready, too. When you look at the line, you look at everything, yeah, I'm really concerned. I'm very concerned. And I think this is the game where we lose one. I think this is the game where Nikosi makes a couple of errors and some big ones that, you know, end up in seven point six points the other way. So that's pretty much what I'm seeing. I, help, I, I hope I'm wrong, Gary, no. but, Here, you know, here's what I, I'll tell I you. just don't they, see it. They have just a horrendous offensive line. You think Miami has offensive line problems? They've got way worse offensive line problems, and and I, and I think our defensive line is just going to absolutely maul them. Well, I hope you're right, and I hope uh, I hope uh, Mr. Willis is healthy and is able to go, and I hope he's at 100 percent because it's hard to play with one hand, Gary. It's really yep. hard. This is a game, in my opinion. You're mentioning the level, the athletic level of this offensive line, their ability to execute. This is a game. Well, this loudmouth kid that with that walks around with the Chucky doll, and I, I, I always liked his attitude. I thought I thought it was like a Kane, like a traditional Kane's attitude. I didn't like some <laughs> of his antics during the recruiting thing last year, but I tell you, every time that kid comes in the game, he gets pushed around and he looks small and he doesn't look that quick anymore. Yeah, he, well, he just has yeah, to but, get a lot stronger. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, I, I, I think for some reason we're cursed with heritage. Every time we get a heritage kid, they barely work out. And I'm starting to see that with this kid. By now, this kid should be playing a little bit more. A lot nah. of talk. He shouldn't even be playing. He should be redshirting. He shouldn't even be out there. You think so? Yep. Okay. There's something I'm seeing, Gary. There's something I'm seeing. But, you know, the big thing, and I, you guys do a fantastic job of, of giving us updates, Matt, especially with the recruiting updates from the game and the weekend and the official visits. 
And I, I think it was the, the reason why this game was so significant, significant for us, man, was the opportunity to win some of these in-state recruiting wars. And I, I don't know if it's going to make a bit of difference. I, 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 as a Bass, as a blind-ass fan, I'm going to tell you that, in my opinion, I'm hoping. I, I think it is going to make a difference. I think what you've been mentioning the last couple of weeks has excited me a little bit in terms of Mr. Dent. Hopefully, after being a part of that and seeing that, man, maybe – Maybe, just maybe, we get a chance to flip this kid, or at least he decommits, and if he doesn't come here, he goes someplace else. Uh, but, Gary, for me, the, the, the most important kid is that local kid, the kid, like I said years ago about Navon Donaldson. And this year's local kid that we got to get, and I know it doesn't look good, but he's the guy we got to get. We got to get the freak. We got to get yeah, well, the freak. And I'm hoping you it's, – It's still a shot. You know, he hasn't done anything oh, yet. Gary. I'm hoping. And the worst thing recruiting-wise that happened this week was those freaking turds up in Gainesville beating LSU and jumping over us in the polls. That was the worst thing that could have happened to us this week, other than, than, than losing Amon, which to me is just, man, it's still, it's still hard to grasp. I mean, two great kids in Malik and now Amon, especially with Amon knowing that that guy was going to be, uh, he's going to be a millionaire, be able to take care of his family. And all that, all, all that's gone. And I had a question for you. Yeah, you guys have not touched upon this. Do you know if the university, which they are allowed by the NCAA these days, did they buy an insurance policy for him, or did his parents have one? I, I believe so, but you know, I don't have the details on that. You know, that I don't dive too much into kids' personal business, but I do believe they have an insurance policy, and I believe that that's part of the reason why there was so much secrecy and mystery about what was going on with him. I think they were protecting him. Well, Gary, if you could find that out for us down the road, it'd be great. Because I tell you, it, it's just, it's heartbreaking, and that news is just—I mean, it, it, it was with, with Malik as well. But I mean, this kid pretty much—he was going to be a first round. All he had to do was be healthy all year. He was going to make his money. He's going to be a top fifteen pick. I mean, it was there. It was there for the take, and it's just yeah, no doubt. Just a very That's sad that. reminder what these kids go through. But Gary, anyway, thanks a bunch. Love the show. All right, man. Love what you guys are doing, and let's go, Canes. Let's go up to the Charlottesville and. Beat the refs first and then smack you a VA in the mouth. Let's do it, baby. You got it, man. Thanks for getting us started. All right, 563-999-3633 is the number, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 305 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? How you doing, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? It's Myra 55 Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, Shmira? How you doing this week? Uh, you know, just uh, watching a little uh, Mac football. I'm, I'm getting ready for Saturday. Should be a decent game. I don't know. It's not going to be easy. I've seen these games many of times play out. I did. I hope that Miami just starts fast and puts these. You know, puts puts some. You know, go up twenty-one nothing. I mean, not every game has to be a. Uh, you know, end of the. You know, fall behind seven nothing and get down to the fourth quarter. I'd love to see that. But yeah. um, my main question was, I wrote this actually on the message board, was it looks like, you know, DJ Dallas is a smaller type back. And you have Travis Homer, which is, you know, he's not a bruiser by any means. Hey, the kid works hard and he, you know. But I would think that Miami should be using a third running back. And I don't consider Trayon Gray a running back. I consider him more of a short yardage, you know, fullback type. I mean, did you, is uh, Lingard close? Is anyone – 
Do you, do I think you, so. Do you see but that as a problem? I, yeah, I think he's getting better. I heard, I heard he had a pretty good practice today. But, you know, the, the thing is, you're not going to put a true freshman in that game the other day if, if you don't have to when you've got these other two guys. Yeah. And it's not like they're carrying the ball that much. I mean, I, I you know, I saw that post on the message board, and I went back and did a little research. Yeah. And, you know, in the North Carolina game, uh, See, Travis Homer had 14 carries and DJ had 11. That's not too much of a workload. Now, you know, Homer got the hot hand the other day, and they rode him a little. They rode him a little bit. He had 20, uh, 21 carries, but DJ only had 10. I mean, so you're not really getting to a third back. You're not. You're not. You're not running the ball enough and running enough plays to get to a to get to a third back. Well, I mean, you have to imagine they have them on special teams. They have them kick return, punt return. Um, they have them plat, uh, pass blocking. To be honest, it really didn't come from the Florida State game where I noticed that it was more in the North Carolina game. I mean, well, Miami North Carolina, by I told you how many what the carry totals was. I mean, they, they, no, I know. there was no, no, no reason to bring in another running back when your top two are only getting 14 and 11. Well, you're up by four touchdowns. I mean, they're not going to lose the game. All you're doing is trying to run out the clock. And you have your two most valuable running backs sitting in there getting pounded, getting two or three yards. You would think that they could at least give the ball to someone else just to, you know, try to get a first down. That's really where it came from. I think at some point this year, I mean, you saw DJ Dallas almost get hurt the other day. You're going to need to start getting someone, you know, another back some carries. That's really what I feel. And I think but they will when they have that. a chance. Yeah. I think they will. I think they'll get Lingard some carries when they have the chance to. But, you know, right now the top, he's number three. The, team are, are, the top two running backs on the team are Homer and Dallas. And, and I, I mean, look how right. well they're playing. I can't, I can't argue with that. Yeah, no. And number three would be Lingard, not Burns or uh, the kid from Carroll City? I don't think it would be Burns. I mean, the kid from Carroll City is doing right. a good job. I, I believe it would be Lingard. But, the, you know, him and Cam Davis, I think, have been kind of neck and neck there. Cam Davis, right. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, um, I mean, I missed your little observation, but how do you think Miami stacks up against Virginia? I heard the defensive line comment, but, uh, I mean, the offensive, offensive line comment was pretty weak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from what, from what I've, uh, I've been told, um, they've got big time, big time offensive line problems and they can't okay. run the football. So they got to try to like be like improvisational on offense and the quarterback tries to move around a little bit. Uh, my guess is what they're going to do is they're going to spread it out and try to throw the ball. Uh, gotcha. you know, I don't think I don't think that they're going to harbor any illusions that they're going to be able to run the ball very well against the Canes. And uh, sure. we'll see what happens. You know, see what happens. Gotcha. I mean, I heard the caller before mention it, but I mean, it, it, our special teams from kickoff, punts, field goals, any type of special teams you can imagine is is beyond pathetic i mean at some point i mean i don't know how you don't have how do they not have a, a field goal kicker committed how do you not have another punter committed to this team i mean it's ridiculous gary i mean how, how is it possible to be so i mean that's the difference between making a decent team and a you know not elite because i don't think this team will ever be elite but a good team but i mean you, i mean we don't flip the field at all it, it's unbelievable i mean i don't know how that's not brought up in a more you know, more more often, it's it's really bad, and this is that. I think that will cost us a game, and obviously put us behind the eight ball in the LSU game. But that that will put us behind, you know, cost us a game before I think Perry will, because I think you could all you know run the ball with him. But I mean, it's 
it's unbelievable what's going on with special teams from top to bottom. It had a big I mean, effect the other day. Ashamed. Yeah, well, I mean, I, mean, week after I don't know week. about ashamed. I mean, they're trying to do better, but you know, I don't know if they don't have the right kids on special teams or or, or what it is. But uh, on some of those, it, it looked pretty bad. No, but I, I think you should be ashamed. I mean, how do you not? How do you bring in a true freshman field goal kicker and expect him to be? I mean, Gary, can you? I mean, if the game was ever on the line in the fourth quarter and that kid had to kick the ball, I mean, you're talking a thirty percent chance. I don't care if it was. 25 yards, 35-yard goal, field goal, 40 yards. I mean, it's not even a coin flip if he's going to make it. I would say 25% to 30% he's going to make it. I've I mean, watched him in every game. Ha- I've watched him every game in the pregame warm-ups, and I just I grimace. Like, you know, the kick he uh, missed I the mean, other night, he he struggled with in pregame warm-ups, the exact same kick from the exact same angle. And the first time he hooked well, it left, and then he, then he tried to adjust, and then he pushed it right like he did in the game. Um, you know, he's just, he's not real sound right now. He's a kid. I think he's very nervous. He looks very nervous. I don't know if you saw what he looked like. Well, you, you were at the game and I, I only saw it. Yeah, I no, it. I saw the replay but after the game. He put the towel yeah, the over look his on head his face. and all that stuff. Did you see the yeah. look on his face? I mean, uh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's a young kid. Uh, he's clearly nervous. He's doing a decent job on kickoffs, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly helps make an argument that you got to recruit kickers before you need them you get give them a year to acclimate i mean one of the few good moves al golden made it's funny i'm actually saying this is when he brought in o'donnell from cincinnati for a senior year and if you remember that year that kid was an, i mean he's even in i mean obviously he's doing well in the pros but he flipped the field every time and he was probably our mvp every time that guy kicked the ball i mean the special teams is a huge factor in, in a lot of these games and miami i mean you don't. Mark Rick knew exactly what he had in Fiegel's. I mean, last year. So I don't care. I don't care what he does in Smart, in practice. The, the, here's the thing: if you watch that kid kick, he's got a huge leg. I mean, he can he can consistently <laughs> kick fifty plus yard punts with five seconds of hang time. The problem is the same thing that, with Baxa. It, it, it's like something happens once they put a uniform on and get out on the, on the field on game day, they're just not performing. Uh, in the case of Fiegel's, he wasn't performing to his capabilities. Spicer is a walk-on. I, you know, I don't know how you can have any expectations of him. He actually had a couple good kicks the other day, but then he had a bad one. I, I, I'm just saying, I mean, Gary, we've seen this so many it times. It should be better. You're right. Next, to take that next step in, 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 you know, if they want to take this next step, I mean, those have to be a lot, a lot better. And whatever it is, I'm, I'm just happy. I mean, last week, last Saturday's game was a special game, you know, very, you know, probably one of the best games that that, that stadium's ever had because I know the Dolphins haven't done anything great in that stadium. So, I mean, there's just a great atmosphere and just hopefully they survive and just move on and we get to a, get to another big game. That's all we could do is just every week by week because, you know, obviously – I don't know, if, you know, if they could start blowing some teams out, that would be great, at least once. But uh, <laughs> I envision this year turning out a lot like last year. We're going to have to sweat out a lot of games. No doubt. All right, you got anything else tonight? All right. No, that's it. Just wanted to check in, and um, I'll be in touch. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Talk All right, you, you got time. it. Have a good one. You got, you got it. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. And let me take a moment right now to talk about 
what's become my favorite restaurant and certainly one of the best and rapidly expanding dining concepts in South Florida, and that is Sicilian Oven. And I mentioned earlier, I know a bunch of you guys that listen to the show and Canes fans decided to check them out after the game on Saturday night and got some great reviews and people saying, man, Gary, I see what you're talking about. That Sicilian oven place has some great food and it really, really does. And uh, man, there's a million places. Any of us can go get pizza anytime, you know, we want, we want a pie, but there's no place quite like Sicilian oven, which has six locations throughout South Florida at Sicilian oven. They offer a new way of dining using the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. Recipes that have been handed down from generations through the DeSalvo and Garabuso families. It begins with classic pizzas with traditional toppings and expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you'll find at the nearest corner. If you love wings, Sicilian Oven's wood-fired rings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices, and they're served with caramelized onions. Sicilian Oven also offers a wide array of specialty dishes with eggplant, mussels, shrimp, whatever you want. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes, everything that you could possibly think that you would want going to a place like Sicilian Oven, you can get. And now, no matter your taste, you will find something great at all six locations throughout South Florida. On your way, you're leaving Hard Rock Stadium, like so many guys were the other night. You could visit that plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive. That one was packed the other evening. Or if, you want to, if you're heading east, go to the Aventura location. It's at 205th and Biscayne Boulevard. Need a place to eat great food and watch a road game like this Saturday night? For example, there are other locations in Lighthouse Point, in Coral Springs, on Sample Road in 101st, and in Boca Raton. And for those of you who like to have a little drink while you're eating and watching the game, check out their new location. It's on Oakland Park Boulevard, just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale. They have a full liquor bar. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian Oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find one of those locations near you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You'll not only love the taste, you will taste the love. And that's for sure. All right, let's get back to your calls. Again, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. It's 8.47. We've kept the beast leashed up long enough. It's time to go to Greg. Greg, you're live on Pain Sport Live from the 845. How are you doing this evening? Great, Gary. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Sorry you're on hold for so long, but those other That's guys... Are I, I enjoy listening to some of these people. But anyway... I want to talk about these message boards for a second. I went on there when after that punt return the other day, and I thought that these people were going to commit suicide. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. They want to fire Mark Ricks. They must have bet their uh, they must have bet their whole paycheck on the game or something. It's unbelievable <laughs> how they treat this guy. Mark Rick has brought this program back to respectability in, what, a couple of years? 
It's a joke. The guy's doing a great job. I yeah, don't, I don't remember. Got to try to get through this schedule without, you know, a bad loss. But, you know, it's right. going to be it's not going to be easy. You got a lot of road games here. You're playing a young quarterback. Uh there's going to be some dog fights in there for sure. All right. But uh I don't remember FSU apologizing when they barely beat us three years the last three times they beat us when they were clearly a better team. They didn't apologize for those victories. Nope. So I don't think we have to. I think yep. all right. Nope. Let's now let's go to um have you heard anything about Hazelwood's visit? We have not been able to speak to him yet. He's kind of laying low. I've got some guys in Georgia on the case for us, and we'll see what happens. But I know this. He's serious about Miami. Now, you know, when push comes to shove, is he going to be able to pull the trigger? We don't know that yet. I mean, Georgia, from what I understand, put another recruiter on him this this week. Now they got a couple different coaches recruiting him. so, I mean, we'll see. I know Oklahoma is still in the mix. I know Auburn is still in the mix. But I think Miami's got as good a shot as anybody. All right. Next, let's go with uh, Scaife, right tackle. I think we need to put him there and put Donaldson back at guard. Donaldson's not cut well, with a tackle. I don't know if you noticed, but the other night, uh, that was the case quite a bit. And when they got out there and they couldn't handle the speed on the, on the edge, they they made that move. Scaife played 39 snaps the other night, which was almost half of the offensive snaps. Uh, Donaldson played all, all 78 of them. So, well, 70, I guess they're 81. He played 78 snaps. So, uh, if... If Scaife played 39 at right tackle, that, that meant that Donaldson played, what, 41 at right tackle? So they kind of split the load out there. But half of his reps the other night were, were at guard. Well, we'll see what happens now. But, as you know, the problem is, is if, he, if he gets an athletic defensive end, he has problems. He, you know, he just can't move well enough. And he really should be a guard. And... You know, they didn't have anybody else to put a tackle. They've been developing Scaife, and he's holding up pretty good. I, I think you're going to see more of it because he's playing well. And, you know, the guy that's going to play a little bit less because of it will be Hayden Mahoney. But, you know, I think in, in certainly in passing situations, you're going to see Scaife out there a lot at right tackle. Okay. Can we come to the conclusion that Cade Weldon's not long for this team? I'll tell you, man. Yeah, I mean, it's not looking good. I mean, this is the second time he's been suspended now. I think you can put two and two together and figure out what's going on there. And, I mean, you can't you can't be a quarterback and keep getting suspended. Right. And how are we going to go with two quarterbacks next year? That's ridiculous. How are we not recruiting a quarterback at this point? They are. They're 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 starting to they're starting to make inquiries on some different guys. Well, hopefully we're not too late to the party. I got I gotta ask you something about this pro football focus you keep putting in there. 
How yeah. the hell could they have Tito ranked higher than Garvin and Joe Jackson? I, what game were they watching? Those guys but, were amazing. Well, remember, they're grading every single play. And Tito only played 24 snaps. And he did have his best game. But, you know, Garvin's being evaluated on 54 snaps. And maybe there were some plays where he got blocked. I mean, I'm not sitting there watching him every single play, but, you know, Garvin was spectacular. Right, so was Joe Jackson. I'm looking, I'm looking at the grades right now, and it looks like he might have missed some tackles because he got a 38.9 um, on tackling, which is really bad. So he must have missed a bunch of tackles in the game, which brought his grade down a little bit. But he, he graded out at 83.3 as a pass rusher. So, you know, that's pretty darn good. Um, right. His, he graded a little low on run defense also, 64.7 on run defense, which is kind of average. So maybe he didn't he didn't do as well against the run as maybe we would have thought he did looking just watching the game. Uh, maybe he missed some tackles, and that brought his grade down a little bit. I don't know. Florida State only had about 70 yards rushing in the whole game. So. I know. Anyway, my last I mean, point, listen, I'm sure wanna... it's not an exact science, but they're looking at every guy on every play. They have a team of people okay. that do these things, and they're looking at every guy on every play, and, 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 and they have a formula, and they give it a score, and that's what they put out. Okay. Now, I just want to go back to the message board for one last thing. Who – what are the, with these fake insiders on the board? These guys are full of bull crap, Gary. I cannot believe you allow these people to be on the board. You're an insider. They're not an insider. They're full I mean, of shit. I don't, I don't tell anybody to believe that anybody's an insider. I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I, I know who you're talking about. I mean, his posts are typically pretty sensible. Uh you know, I mean, like today he posted the first five plays in teamwork were passes. Okay. I mean, how is that really hurting anybody? Like I'm supposed to ban the guy because he's saying that? I mean, you got to take it for what you want to take it for. Um, you know, we had a kid a couple years ago that was clearly a fraud uh, who was really just a kid sitting in the dorm room trolling everybody. And when we scoped that out, we did ban him. And have, he hasn't been heard from since. Um, the guy you're talking about, you know, <laughs> I don't know if he's legit or illegit. He hasn't introduced himself to us on the practice field where he supposedly is. Uh, right. I don't, see, I don't see anybody out there, <laughs> you know, that fits the description. I mean, maybe he's a trainer or something on the team or a student assistant on the team. They can't say that because he'd get in trouble or whatever. I mean, we don't know. So, you know, we let people take it for what they want to take it for. And, uh, you know, sometimes he posts things that are good. Sometimes he posts things that I know aren't true or I don't agree with. When I see that, I immediately say, I don't believe this is true or this is not true. And in the case of the Amon Richards stuff that he was posting, time after time after time, I went in those threads and I said, this is not accurate. Uh, this is not what's going on. And it wasn't. And, you know, honestly, we had been told that he had something 
that might be career ending and we we couldn't confirm it so we couldn't report it we didn't we you know but we had heard you know back earlier i guess it was probably the middle of last week uh that there might be something going on but we couldn't confirm it so we couldn't report it but uh you know when when the guy's wrong i say he's wrong well i'll tell you there's a lot of people on those boards with a lot of time on their hands i'll tell you that much but anyway thank you it's for everybody to have fun and fill time and 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 live the passion that they have for the hurricanes i just wish we had a couple less a couple less that you know weren't so over the top you know ridiculous all the time and you know we try not to ban people but a couple of them every now and then a few every year don't give us a choice but uh you know we try to work with everybody but uh that's what it's for it's for debate it's for different opinions it's for everybody to enjoy the passion that they have for the hurricanes and i think for the most part uh it accomplishes that you know i think everybody has a pretty good time on the site at least you know the guys that i run into both here in South Florida and when I go out on the road around the country, I mean, I, all I get are people telling me how much they love the site. So I, you know, that's a good thing. And I thank everybody for being a subscriber and we do the best we can to give you guys the best site, but we can't control what everybody posts all the time. All right, Gary. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, Greg. Hope hope you're one of those guys we see at some point down the road. I don't think I've seen you yet. I'll be, I'll be at the Duke game. All right. Maybe I'll bump into you. All right, great. Thanks for calling. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now back down to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you? Doing great. Adam, right? Yeah. What's going Uh, on, man? How you doing this week? Good. I mean... I know some callers might not agree with this, but I think Nikosi Perry really grew up during the Florida State game over the span of that 60 minutes. I mean, his throw, not only the BB to Thomas, but the next play where he looked off Nicholson and threw that perfect pass to Jordan. I mean, that was that was not a redshirt freshman play. That was just that was, a thing of pure beauty. Spectacular. And I don't know if you were listening yeah. at the beginning of the show, but I, you know, I'm I'm laughing. I mean, I'm I'm watching all these guys yeah. ripping Mark Rick's play calling and this and that. How about giving Mark Rick yeah. credit for developing the kid yeah. to execute that play like that? You know, no, that, it was beautiful. And, and people forget Nicholson's a senior. He didn't do this to some freshman. I think he's like either a true senior or a redshirt senior. And he looked him off, and he threw a perfect pass, and even passes that don't show up in the stats, like the pass to Wiggins that got pass interference. He knew exactly where to throw it to get the PI called and good and good on Wiggins being aware of that because a flag in that situation was just as good as a completion. No doubt. I mean, maybe I'm not. You're going to keep seeing more of Wiggins. Wiggins is really, really doing well. Yeah. And, no, and, I've been uh, very impressed with him, and he, and I know he wasn't rated as highly as his teammate Pope, but right now he's outshining Pope and being given him more of an opportunity is, to play. He's a little stronger, which allows him to have more of an impact, uh, you know, in in the running game, and he gets yeah. after it, and, and that's why he's playing right now. I mean, Pope's going to be fine. Pope just needs to yeah, maybe be a little less entitled and work a little harder. 
practice a little harder and get in the weight room during the off season, build up his strength a little bit, and he'll be fine. But Pope won't be like another Deontay Mullen situation, will it? Where he'll just like so. demand no. the ball. Okay. No, Mark Mark Pope has elite talent. Deontay Mullins was an imposter. Well, no, but wasn't Mullins like also like a four star or something coming out of Gulliver? Uh, uh, he, or same as like the, Sam the, Bruce. I was mean, a he might have been, but yeah, but to me, there's no comparison between Mark Pope and Deontay Mullins. Mark Pope should uh, end up being a, a, a markedly better football player. Well, no, but I was just saying that Wiggins has really I mean, shown I, me something. Stars, you know, Mullins, you know, Mullins yeah. had some athletic ability. I agree. Yeah. But Pope, Pope um, is is an elite, a potentially elite player. Yeah. Got to get no, stronger I mean, so he can. But I've been impressed with Wiggins. I've been impressed with Hightower. I mean, our freshmen are really coming along. I mean, I'd like to see something out of, like, Herbert, like, along the offensive line. And for the love of God, special teams is going to be the death of me. There are special teams to be a good team or an elite team. Our special teams have to be better. And I know that there were a couple callers ahead of me who said that. But you can't have a kicker, even if he's a freshman, miss a 24-yard or 35-yarder. Because for someone at this level, and again, I've never kicked before, so maybe I'm off, but you can't miss kicks like that. I'm, maybe I'm just off. You're not. You're right. And, I mean, apparently Baxa has a good leg. But, I mean, and this, again, coming even when Badgley was young, Badgley could make that in his sleep almost. Am I it's right? It's got to be automatic. From, the, from that distance, it's got to be automatic. Yeah. I don't, need, I don't have to tell you that. That was, that was a bad miss, man. Yeah. Is, has there what did has hardly said anything about Baxa um, today? No. no. What can or you say? Have, he's your he's your kicker. <laughs> like he's, he, he, there aren't you know so, they got a couple so of guys out there, but but nobody that's better than him. I mean, he's going to be the kicker. Okay, so they're they're not looking to make a switch at kicker Listen, like Bad, they did with Spicer. Badgley was a disaster early in his career too, and he developed into a decent kicker. You know, well, that's you know, true. So we'll see. You know, he's a young kid. You know, I, I think the mistake is that I think what you're seeing is you got to develop kickers. Uh, you got to recruit them a year earlier than you really need them, and let them develop without having to go into the game. Yeah, like maybe you should have gotten a grad transfer this year and let back to develop for a year, like LSU yeah. did with their kicker. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, a couple other things. One on the recruiting front, um, is there any word if, um, what's his name, Cornelius Nunn, is it, or the guy from Palmetto? Is he going to, yeah. because I saw he decommitted from Syracuse. Is he looking like he'll be the next commit to Miami or he, Will Ingram? I, 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 I think he's, he's going to, I think they're both going to commit. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to be the first one. But you think you'll predict them both to be in our class? Yeah, I have predicted. I have predicted them. We have that forecast feature now, and yeah. I have predicted both of them to be in the class. And same with Bogle. I believe Bogle will be in the class as well. 
and a couple more. Um, also, like JJ Weaver. Do you think we could steal him away from Kentucky? Uh, that or is one. That gonna be a tough... I, 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 I think I might have forecast. I think I forecasted him to us as well. I, I'm not. I don't feel quite as good about that one as I do the other ones. But uh, you know, he had a good visit this weekend, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, and last thing, um, you've obviously been around this team a lot. Um, and you probably understand the temperament of Nicosi, or you've seen it. How do you think him, like him being a quarterback, how he'll perform in really his first road game? I don't count Toledo where he got into like the last five plays, where he he's the one starting at night on the road. Because yeah. regardless of what anyone says, it's going to be daunting. And I'm just glad this is his first road test and not – the um, red bandana game up in Boston. Yeah, I feel a lot better that it, that yeah that it's not Boston or Blacksburg. That you know, I, yeah. I think this is a that the the thing about Nicosi that I'm seeing is I think he's getting a nice steady progression in his development. You know, he started with FIU, um, built up to North Carolina, then took on Florida State. You're getting a steady progression in degree of difficulty. Uh, now he gets but to go I on the think road for Florida the time. State. Real quick, sorry for interrupting, but I think Florida State, and again, it, people might say the line. Florida State's a lot better than their record, and I knew it was going to be close because it's a rivalry game. There's Even when we were really good, those games were close. And yeah. that's why that game reminded me of the O two 2 game. Well, that's how it turned out. You know, nobody thought it was yeah. going to turn out that way, but that's how it turned out. Yeah, but – Getting back, so you were saying, like, Nicosia, it's just a nice progression? I think so. To get, I mean, look, okay. look at how it's it's stacking up, you know? FIU, North Carolina, Florida State. Now he gets to go on the road for the first time. He's got a little bit of experience under his belt. Now he's getting his yeah. first road test. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's to me, it's like you couldn't script it any better. And I'm sure that had something to do with, with what Mark Rick decided to do, like that he, that he could bring him along in progression like this. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought Nicosi during the Florida State game played his best game to date. And I can't even fault him really for the turnover because Brian Burns just dominated us the entire night. Yep. Um, anyway, thanks for taking my call, Gary. Have a great All right, Adam. show. Yep. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go out to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's, What's up, going Mr. On, Ross? I'm doing good. What's How are you up, doing this week? I'm good. I'm good, man. Hopefully you're not looking to, um, you know, rush me off, man. I'm trying to call early now so I can get some time in, man. Um, All right. Just wow. Don't filibuster. You know, get to your, get I won't, to your point. I won't. I won't. Go Why ahead. are you always saying that? There? All right. So um, <laughs> not, I've been listening. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm listening and I'm listening. Um, I, you know, your call has come in and, some piss me off, some make me feel okay, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to have to switch up what I'm going to talk about. But anyway, um, about Burns, I mean, like, he just finished talking about Burns. Let me ask you something real quick. It's, it just dawned on me. Let me ask you something. You know we can't get everybody, right? But Burns committed to Florida State while Golden was still here. You think stuff that we're doing now, the way we're moving along, is that a kid, even though we had Jackson and Garvin, is that a kid that usually will come to us anyway, regardless if we had those kids? Because that's the type of kid that, we have to keep away from a Florida State. Now, what's, what's your answer on that? It's, those are the type I mean, of kids that we stack. The answer is obvious. 
I mean, that kid's in a, that kid is really good. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, but I'm, yeah, he's a kid that's literally supposed to be playing for us. Like he's literally supposed to be on our team, regardless of who we have, regardless of who's behind him and coming behind. It's a kid that we have to have, and, and that's some of the stuff I hate to do. That's some of the stuff that just bothered me about Golden, whatever they was doing. I don't remember but the anyway, whole history, but and why well, he or just what? didn't come. But he just didn't. But, but he he wasn't even like yeah, there was never any question. That's terrible. That he Those are the type of thing that hurts. Those are the type of things that just hurts me. That just bothers me to no end. Anyway, um, couple of things. Uh, your one caller, you know, your one caller mentioned. Willis, this guy, what is it, Mr. Everything or whatever you call him, Mr. Whatever the guy that comes, you say he's better. He's every, yeah, everything, yeah, he, yeah, everything, everything 305. Yeah, listen, man, that dude saying that we're going to lose on the road, and he seems almost like an imposter, man. You know, it's, it, you know, it kind of bothers me because he, after saying that we're going to lose on the road, then he wants to go up there and kick, him, kick, him, kick their butt. But you know what? He's, he's, he's not wrong all the time. I mean, he, he said that the Florida State game was, was going to be the way it was, and nobody believed him. <laughs> We were twelve point favorites, and he ended up being right. <laughs> Gary, Gary. Here's what I'll tell had, you about um, that guy. Okay, let me tell you about that guy. He's a little negative sometimes, no question. But that guy knows it's football. He really does. Okay, but you know what he's doing? He's somewhat. He's undermining. Listen, you know me. I get on here and I criticize the coach, and I got some criticism to do tonight too. But here's the thing that's kind of bothering me about him. He seems like he kind of knows some stuff about what's going on in the coaches, and he knows the coaches. He knows some referees. He knows. He's, a, he's he's somewhat of a troublemaker, man. Stop stop coming on here and starting trouble, calling call out certain things that we see that was obvious and how we're going to get jabbed on the road. We know that already, buddy. But guess what, Gary? Tell me something. Let me wait. Tell me something. Let me, let me, let me, let me, I see he's still on the line. You want to you want to tell him this yourself? Should, should I let him come back oh. on? Hey, listen. I actually listen. thought about that. Hey, everything, know, wait, hold on a minute, Ross. Every, everything, are you there? Mm-hmm. Ross, let me explain something to you. No, no. What I okay. see is what I say. What I don't know, I don't okay. say. So okay. Very so, okay. You're saying, and unlike you, all right, tell me this. You, so tell me this. Say, so tell me this. Tell me this. Did Gary, did Gary or anybody else that's an expert that's knows what's going on in practice, did they make an indication that Willis might not play this weekend? You're up here saying, I hope you play with one hand. Why are you putting out reports like that? Not, and no it's, one else. You're, no one you're else. wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. That's why I turned to talk. You're wrong. Matt, you just, you said earlier. You said earlier. He he can't. He might not be able to play with one hand. He might not. I hope he's healthy you enough. Ever, Nobody else play, made it. Did nope. you ever play defensive line without a hand? But brother, did he not finish back? the game? Did he? Wait a minute. Did he not finish the game after he? Whatever he, he did with his game, finger. He did hand. not practice today, Ross. He did not practice. But they usually they usually keep guys out anyway. They would get nicked up. That's just keeping them fresh. But that's just keeping keep it fresh. I mean, at the beginning of the week, Jeff Thomas didn't practice today either, but they expected him to play in the game. Yeah. Exactly. But you all know, since, since you know so much about football, Ross, and you know when you don't practice, guess what? What happens when you don't practice? Well, listen, you don't see you, your okay, development. Let me, that's what happens. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you, Gary, you mean – Okay, but guess what? You're going. Hey, I'm one of the guys that. Listen, I'm one of the guys that come on here and say certain things. But you're going a little deep, my brother. Come off of that and stop acting like you're a super, super expert. I speak to a lot of the guys that call in, and they're happy that I'm doing this right now. Say your thing, criticize, make good statements. Listen, listen. listen you, you, if you don't like okay, what I I'll say, listen. then don't then don't read what I say, Ross. Hey, it's man, not my listen, fault I don't read anything. Never been where I've been. That's not my fault. Hey, I'm going to share what see, I know. Time out. See, now, now you admit bumped your head. Now you bumped your head because now you're telling me you don't even know what I do. I'm probably way more 
Based on some of the statements you, you make, I know you've never been in my shoes. I know that. That's, 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 that's terrible to make that statement because I never said anything about you not being a coach. I said you were a coach, but you're doing certain, certain things. How do you know that? What do you know about me? I could tell in your statement, the statement you made alone about a hand and him not playing and me throwing, it wasn't even reported. Let's know you don't do you your said, you, you said he might not. Nobody else is saying anything about him Matt not playing. Chidell, it, let it, it, let, it, let it play it out first. Up. Let it play out first. First of all, you don't know it's Virginia guys. Is, first of all, you don't know Virginia guys is listening. That's not your, it's not your job. It's not your job to come on here and, and get Scott report is about injuries. Terrible job. Terrible job. I'm glad Gary put you up. I'm glad Gary right. put you up. Ross, Ross. All right, Ross, you got any other beefs while we got them? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Any oh, nothing about him. Get, not a, nothing about him. Not, nothing about him. Get him off. Get him off. Let me get my time. Get him off. Anytime, get him off. Anytime, All right. Get him All right, off. Everything. You're, you're an imposter. You're an imposter. You're an imposter. <laughs> All right. You're an ass. <laughs> hey, he is. All right. He's an imposter, Gary. I had to do that. Uh, Thank you for that. Right. We had to do it. You got, Ross? But, we'll get off him. All right, listen. You had your shot at yeah, I had to do it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Listen, now, special teams, okay? This is what's bothering me. Everybody's mentioned the kicker. I agree. We probably should have brought a Juco guy and anything. But while they're mentioning special teams, I'm going to get down to, like, the nitty-gritty of certain things. I'm going to call names because here's the thing. I love the kid. Demetrius Jackson is a great kid. He's probably going to be a great politician. He's, probably, he's, probably, he's a fantastic person. Giveaway turkeys. He's a great kid, great leader. But he cannot be on return coverage and he could not be on kick return coverage. Gary, they showed it from the blimp, the blimp top. So, you, yep. know, you, you know, when they come back from commercial, they're showing you the game. I know, you're, you know, you know what game. you're talking about. Yep, Gary, he whiffed. Yep. Gary, he whiffed on, like, yep. every play. Listen, they, he's been they, they got to look at hurt. the personnel that they're using on special teams. I agree with you. It's just, it, and, and, and they have nose on there. They have nose. They have him. Two guys who absolutely do not make tackles. So now you're telling me, you're telling me that we don't have guys that put, put anybody out there. Put the guy, what's his name? I know we're trying to do red shirts and all that, but we played guys that, that's already playing. Put anybody else out there except for Jackson. Do him a favor. Don't do us. A, do him a favor and don't have him out there chasing guys he'll never be able to catch. Okay? I mean, um, it's way beyond Demetrius Jackson. I mean, I'm watching guys running into each other. I mean, Oh, yeah. my God. Why are people complaining about this? uncharacteristically whiffed on a tackle the other night. I mean, it, but you know what? It, but you, I can't fault him, Gary. He's playing a lot. So how can you fault him? I mean, they stick to, he has I'm to go out there. I'm so not faulting him. I'm just saying it's, it's been bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, something's got to give. I mean, I, I, I agree. I'm agreeing with you. I think they have to look at some of the personnel and maybe try okay. something different. It doesn't now, look I know good. this might be a it doesn't look good. I know this. I know this might be fifty-fifty with you because you probably was on the sideline. You probably saw this. Maybe you didn't see it. Probably replay. How do they not kick this kid out the game? And then on top of this, they went to commercial and came back, and nobody from up top or nobody in ACC country called in and said, "The kid head-on collision, head-on collision on that tackle early in the game." When I say it was a head-on collision, Gary, it was a head-on collision. They went to commercial like we did in. The, what game? It was number twenty-six. The kid, um, the 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 cornerback or one of our was it was either our running back or one of our wide receivers caught the ball. Far Ash, he collided with the kid. A head-on collision. Nothing was. Kid didn't get kicked out or anything. And then also the kicker. I, I can't comment on Ross. Kick, I don't. I don't remember the okay, play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How? Watch the game. I just watched the game two, three, or four times. Here's the thing. I see everything. How is it that 
the kicker. After all, we yeah, we left our bench. We went over to defend our players. But how does the kicker not get kicked out the game? He yanked purposely with arm and malice, pulled his face mask, and he hurt, he hurt Thomas. How does he not get kicked out the game? Forget about the penalty. How do we not kick this kid out the game? Yeah, I don't. He I don't. I've never seen. I have you ever seen anybody get kicked out of a game for a face mask penalty? I haven't. No, but it's the way he did it. It wasn't even a matter. Oh of yeah, time. no, it was brutal. But he's, you know, he, was, he, yeah. I mean, it was bad. I mean, no argument. And the, thing, and and the crazy thing about it, we we, we ended up on the we ended up on the bad end of that. We ended up we ended up getting the short end the short end of the stick. Oh man, that. let me tell you something. Jeff Thomas could have really gotten hurt on that play. Thank thank God he didn't. You know, he, he hyper extended his knee and he was able to come back. But, I mean, that was ugly, and, and and it could have been bad. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure ejections on the table. Yeah, but you know what, man? It, it was just terrible to see that. Also, um, one of your other callers called. Um, I listen, man. He called. Um, what is it? Uh, DJ Dallas, small running back. What is he? What is he watching? If anything, this kid put on a little stomach, and I think he needs to trim down a little bit. He said he was a small running back, and we need a third running back. No, we don't. Keep these two running backs. Keep them in the flow. If we need to, if somebody get injured or nicked up, then we need to do somebody else to the game. But right now, these two running backs are, are fine. I I, th- I thought well, that was you, a comment I mean, that you came want to out. Develop, you want to develop them. You want to you want to get them in the game when you can. But you know, I'm not sure that when you're losing the Florida State like that, that that was the moment. Exactly. And, right, and kudos, kudos to kudos to Wiggins. Kudos to Wiggins. Kudos to Thomas for being hurt and coming back in the game. Kudos to Wiggins for taking that catch and going across the middle and taking that hit. That you know, I think a lot of Canes fans really loved him on that one. It was like, yes, that was a great play a by a true first. He's a right to, yeah, to 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 make that play and 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 yeah, no doubt that was, that a, was very he's impressive. A, he's a he's arrived. I mean, I looked at he's that. He's a and tough I, kid, I, I watched him in high school, and I, I you know I, I saw why they were taking him, and I always thought he had a chance to be pretty good. And I'm not going to say I thought he would play before Pope because I didn't. <laughs> But uh, but isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? These are the kids that don't. He's a kid that you didn't hear too much about in the camps. You didn't hear too much about in the ratings and all the stars and everything. But he's from Miami. He's from where we get it done. So I'm not surprised. I'm happy. I think we should still try to find more gems like that at every position. So that's something to me that is just a beautiful thing to watch because it shows you that it's a bunch of them out there, and we just need to define them and 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 um. Yeah, let's 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 talk about this a little bit, Gary. Recruiting, all right. Um, I think we should be able to get the Weaver kid. I mean, he might not be a, a world beater or anything like that. Let me ask you this though: Do you think he's a difference maker? Is he a difference maker type of no, kid? No, I watched him. I don't think he's a difference maker. Uh, I think he's a good football player. Uh, maybe he ends up being a linebacker. Uh, not not really sure where he'll play. Whether it'll be end or linebacker at this point. Um, is he a, a joiner type? Player. Is he a joiner? I, is he joiner? Yeah, that might be a good analogy. I, I'm not. I don't think he's an elite kid, but I think he's a good player. He's. I mean, he's uh, nowhere I near. At him. A, he's nowhere near like, like Chris Bogle. Chris Bogle right now is okay. miles yeah. ahead of him. Because I'm looking at it now, I kind of don't look. The person that he remind me of right now is joining, and that's why I asked you because I want to see what you have to say. Is he a leader or not? Is the fact is he a difference maker? Hey, anyway, listen. Another thing, um, kid that's decommitted, he's coming to us. He's clearly coming to us. Hazelton. Yeah. No, the kid that decommitted from Syracuse. Kid that decommitted from Syracuse. Oh, none. Yeah, he's coming. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I he's, think he's, he's, he's coming. coming. That's just one of those things so. where you kind of. Let me ask you this, Gary. Defensive right, line. Well, 
for one or two minute, more. Okay, one last one. One last, yeah. so one, two more. Defensive line for Virginia. Have you done your study on them? Are they any good? Uh, defensive line for Virginia is okay. They they lost a, a very key guy uh, by the name of Richard Burney, a defensive end earlier this year. Uh, so, you know that kind of hurt them a little bit. But you know they're they're okay. They're going to be at home. They're going to be at home. They go. It's like anything else. They're going to have some success. They're going to have some pass plays and all that. We should dominate them on offense. Let me be by that by running the ball down their throat. See if they can stop that. We have better tight ends, better wide receivers. We have speed. That, while people are saying that we have problems, we're going to be still worried about our wide receivers. I'm not expecting problems in this game. I'm really not. Exactly. I'm, Your guy I'm, I'm yeah, concerned yeah, exactly. with Boston College. Uh, I'm obviously, you know, a little – bit concerned about is that back running back is that running back is that running back going to be back but you know it's always work out that way that kid is back by the time we're playing them but is that running know. back going to be back i don't know okay don't one know. last we're, one we're, one last one i got to give me this not one. there yet that's a few weeks you got to give me Go this one ahmad ahmad richards yeah yeah it's it ahmad richards lick jackson and anybody else that's ever been hurt man um they're at the right place if that's ever going to happen to a kid um the youth family will take care of them um, I don't know about any other, but I feel terrible. I, you know, I don't know how it even happened or what happened, but when I got the news, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought my buddy was really playing around, and I actually I went right to whatever outlet or whatever I could look to see if I could see the news, and once I see it with my own eyes, I was I couldn't believe it. So, listen, best wishes to him, his family, and everything that he's looking forward to. I know Mark Rich to take care of him. Mark Rich usually get guys jobs after um, playing for him. So he's going to be in great hands, man. And all we got to do, win Saturday, you know, win Saturday. Run the ball, be steady, cut down, don't have any turnovers, and beat him up on defense, man. All this losing stuff, man. Mr. whatever his name is, later. Later, kid. And you know nothing all about right. me, guy. You you have no idea who I am. Trust me. All right, guys. All right, Ross. Hey, thank hold, you man. for being Appreciate part of the show. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Thought those two guys were going to uh, go at it a little bit better than they did, but kind of interesting. I figured if he's going to, you know, criticize the guy, I saw he was still on, everything was still on the line. I said, eh, let him take a shot at doing it. Sort of face to face, but not, that definitely wasn't quite face to face. But anyway, let's let's go out to the eight five zero. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, you did. Yes, sir, who's this? It's Rod in Atlanta. Hey, what's up, Rod? How you doing this week? What's up, man? For the first time that we finally got the turn over Kane, so I played at the stadium. How about that? That, I, I was thinking, that might be, that might be the, the, the voice of Kane Sport Live because we talked about that a lot the other night, last week, and they did it. So I don't know we if they got the have, idea from the guys on the show. Uh, they might have. Yeah, I, put, I had the push for it all week um, on Twitter and had to take it on the Hard Ride DJ and um, Solo D had um, he took a message on, on Twitter on Friday and he's like, the DJ from Hard Rock had contacted them, and he said we might be good. And sure enough, when we got the turnover chain on Saturday, uh-huh. um, the two times that we did get the turnover, he played it. And then the third time, 
the belt, um, the one that belt recovered, that got overturned. They played it again even that time. Uh-huh. So I think they're gonna start playing like every time you get a turnover now. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's a good idea. So that was pretty. That was pretty neat. That was pretty yep. neat. Um, about Cozy, um, I thought that he played pretty. I thought he was awesome, especially in the in the, in the late in the game. The fact that he struggled early, he got hit, he got rushed, and then he still recovered and made plays at the end of the game. I thought that was big. Yep. Like the throw he made to Thomas down the middle of the field that was underneath the safety and over the corner. That throw was that throw was a uh, big, and I thought that was a major throw he made right there. And the uh, the last thing that I got was um, I was a little I got a little agitated with Rick in the in the third quarter, especially. Do you remember after the after they had the punt return for the for the touchdown? Yeah. And they went up 27-7. Okay, we got the ball back, and we were starting to drive. And we had, like, the screenplay to Trey on Gray that got us in, into their territory. Mm-hmm. So after that, we first and 10, and then we run. Second and long, we run again. Third and 16, we run again, and then we yep. punt. I remember that. I, I It was mystifying. I mean, my guess is by the time you got the third and 16, he's thinking, all right, well, let me not make a mistake here. Uh, we've still got plenty of time left. And he was he ended up being right. I mean, they had plenty of time. But, yeah, it was that was a mystifying offensive series, no question about it. Yeah, because that, that, after we punt then, the defense will get that turnover right there. We're in trouble. Because that, that was the, um, the, the strip sack that uh, Red White got. And we end up scoring after after we got the ball back. I think it was like some twelve yard line or something like that. But mm-hmm. that was crazy to me how we just we get in in their territory, and then we run three straight times to punt. Yeah, but, it was uh, weird. Yeah, that, that was a little agitated me. Yeah, that was crazy. But thank God for the defense, and um, it was just it was just a fun game. Enjoyed it, especially the second half. The first half was just was just uh, I don't know depressing. But after we recovered, it was, it, was, it was a fun game. So, I enjoyed that. But uh, that's, no that's pretty much all I have for tonight, uh, Gary. Just excited about the uh, the, the turnover song being played. Hopefully, the new tradition we started. And um, just uh, hopefully we have a uh, – run out through the rest of the season and have a good season. All right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the uh, 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 305, you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, let's try the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? This is your boy Sebastian, man. What's going on? What's on, Sebastian? How you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. I'm out here in Virginia. I'm debating whether or not I want to go to Charlottesville to uh, watch the Canes play, but I'll definitely be at Blacksburg, and I'll be looking for you. So I'm just telling you, I'm coming to Blacksburg. But here's Why, aren't you coming to Charlotte? to Why aren't you coming to Charlottesville? You're in Virginia. You know, that's I, I, two hours away, man. I think I'm. Just, I, I think I may make it, making it over there. Okay, you, oh, look, look for me in Charlottesville. I'll be in. I'll be. In, I'll be in Charlottesville. I'm, I'm gonna go. There ain't no reason for not. Glad, to go. glad to hear that. But <clears throat> I figure, yeah, I, I figure something to do with you the dog. You can't dogs. be in Virginia and not talk. Team. I mean, come on. I, you get, I, I'm there. I'm there. You, you'll see me in Charlottesville. But here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about swagger and I want to talk about confidence. 
And this is what I, every single time Miami gets out there and they start beating their chest, and they kind of – I because I was at the LSU game when we had that big fiasco in the beginning, and the same thing with Florida State. I think that takes us out of our element. And they need to cut that out. They really do because swagger and confidence is when Cager caught his first touchdown. You know what I mean? When we went for it on fourth down, it's mano on mano. It's me doing what I need to do and to execute. And I'm telling you, I saw a different Lawrence Cager, even though he had some drops in the game, but I think he grew up a lot during that particular game. He only had two catches, and I think six of them were like a touchdown. But every single time yeah, I Yeah, yeah, I think he had two catches and four drops, which was uh, – and he's been playing right. so well. I mean, it was a shame to see him drop those balls, but uh, yeah, and, he did you know, come up big on, it, maybe, on that touchdown. Right, and sometimes it's about trying too hard, and I get that. But every single time you see Miami get out on the field and they start beating their chest, and I'm worried about that because when we go to Blacksburg and we play Virginia, we don't need to get that fiasco. If you just go play the game, execute, have the confidence and belief that you're going to be on top, you're going to be fine. And I think what really ended up happening was when Jaquan Johnson talked to those guys in the locker room and said, look, this is my senior year, and I'm not losing to Florida State. It got him back in the mindset of just saying, we ain't losing, you know. But you can win the game before the game even starts. You don't need to get out there and be beating your chest, jawing at Florida State, because for Florida State to beat us would have made their season. You know, I I agree with you. I kind of had the same – I had the same thought watching that little episode there in the pregame warm-ups. You know what else kind of I wasn't crazy about? Uh, Were you at the game? I was not. I was not at the game. All right. Well, the they, they did, the, I, I just did a little skit. He did a little skit at midfield with the, um, Back you know, mocking, mocking, no, mocking the sword. You know, yes. throw, yeah, and yeah. broke, he broke, and all that. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, but like, you know, doing that in front of Florida State like that. I mean, they're gonna look at it as being disrespectful. And that's going to put a little bit of another edge on them. And, like, I, you exactly. know, I, 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 I just go out and play ball and, and, and kick their butts. Like, all the theatrics and everything aren't right. really necessary. What you don't need to do is you don't need to give them any of that motivation. You don't need to hype them up because, let's be truthful, we want to be in Charlotte. Florida State beating us makes their season. Us being Florida State don't make our season. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? We got bigger goals than that. And so we just got to kind of keep that thing in kind of perspective. And you don't need to go out there and beat your chest and all that other stuff because I think that takes take us out of our element. I'm going to switch now, the because other, I know my the time other is little fiasco in the middle of the game that when they surrounded Jeff Thomas on the sideline and were, and were taunting oh, when he got I, hurt. I get that. I get that. That one didn't bother that. me at all. No. I, I mean, I, but, 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 but I get that. But that stuff in the beginning, we don't need to do that because I'm telling you, I'll be in Blacksburg, and Sandman going to be playing. That is going to be turned up there. We just need to know when we walk into that stadium, we're going to win the game on the field. We're not going to get out there and get into that hocus-pocus or whatnot because it will be a good night for Virginia Tech. Whereas if we just go out there and do what Notre Dame did, don't get caught up into that other crazy stuff, we're going to be okay. So that's what I wanted. That's the first point I wanted to make. The second point I wanted to make is I know we've talked a lot about Nikosi and the game or whatever, but I'm going to tell you something. 
I don't think we win that game with Malik Rozier because I don't think he could have made the throws that Nikosi made. You know, that scrambling. Well, when right, and, 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 down, and maybe maybe not. We don't we don't know. But 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 let me say this, and and this is what kind of is bugging me a little bit about some some of you guys and like. We're acting like Malik Rozier's never thrown a complete pass and never made a big play no, and never like he, no. he, he's inconsistent as hell and he's an average quarterback. I don't think anybody will argue that. But but I mean, let's be fair. I mean, it's not like he's never made a play. It's not like he's never completed a pass. I mean, it's not like he you missed made you, you missed a lot of you throws the other night. I mean, I get it. I get it. You you miss, you missing my point. You miss, you missing my point. And I'm not trying to bash. Malik, because I mean he's been a great hurricane. Oh, the point I'm does trying to make have is that pass, yes. that, Let's talk yes. about Malik, but, that, but that about pass, the upside. Yeah, yeah. See what I'm yeah, saying? Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, but what what I'm the point I'm trying to drive is that pass to the tight end when it went to uh, Brendan Jordan. I saw that the whole game. I saw that the whole game, and I said, and so when they scored that touchdown, I was around my buddy. I, I said, I told you. It was going to be there the whole game. And so the, what, the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that those kind of throws are NFL throws. And I'm not saying Malik never has made any of those kind of things, but there's just certain type of throws that, go, that, that works against a Florida State defense or a defense that's going to be at Virginia Tech. The, what I'm saying is the windows I mean, I mean, where the ball has to be thrown are small. Physically, Nikosi Perry has been the best quarterback on the roster from the day he stepped foot on campus. I mean, we were okay. talking about right. that last year. Touché. And when people would bring up Nikosi, I, I would say every time, he's the most talented quarterback on the roster. Um, he okay. just had to put, put it all together, and he's, he, and, he, and he's starting to do that. And, and Mark Rick's doing a really nice job of kind of sequentially bringing him along. And you know, I think some guys are a little impatient. They want him to be a Heisman Trophy winner right now, today. No. That's not reality, but he's doing a nice job. What, 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 I'm, what, what I'm looking for is when you play those elite defense with athletes, the windows in which you have to throw the ball are so minute and so small that you need to have a quarterback that can do it. I'll point out two passes. The passes that he threw to Cager on the sideline where his foot was able to tap, and they called that, they reviewed it, and they said that was a good catch. And that ball, where he throws it over the cornerback, but underneath the safety to Jeff Thomas. I'm just, I'm yep. just, I'm just trying to really elaborate the point that those are NFL I, throws because the windows are too small for yep. you to be able to do that. Okay. The last point I want to make is this right here: is I saw the kicker for the punt return for a touchdown, and I'm just going to say. We're halfway through the season now, and I think the coaching staff has to take a look at their special teams because I don't see Robert Knowles make tackles, and I saw him whip on when Matthews took that all the way back. And I guess the point that I'm really struggling with is I know we have youth and I, have, I know we have talent, but you, some of that stuff can just get corrected within a week. You know, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't need to keep doing this experiment waiting for us to be able to get burned. We'll see what it looks like next week, and then we'll move on. Let me make this last point right here. Next year's team, we're going to lose some talent, but we're still going to have a talented football team. All of this stuff doesn't get fixed. All, some of this stuff can be fixed in recruiting, and this is what I mean. We know going into next year 
we need to be better at the tackle spot, okay? And if we're not looking at a grad transfer or a JUCO transfer, you know, those are, those are times in the offseason where I see we, we had a chance to make our football team better, and we did not. Like, there's no reason why we shouldn't have a, kick, a, a kicker or a punter. There's no reason why we shouldn't have a JUCO tackle or grad, uh, a grad transfer tackle in our program because some of the other kids that we have on our team that is young, it's going to take time to develop them. They need to, they know how to, they need to know how to block, but they need to also get stronger. And we, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and thinking you're going to get a different result, you know? And so I, I just can't seem to understand you. Maybe you could talk to me about recruiting because you said there was a JUCO O tackle that we was looking at. Are we not doing better in that department? Because we're going to get the athletes. Yeah, I mean, I like, this, this is the time of year where they look everywhere and try to uh, um, find guys that they haven't been recruiting that are that are rising to the forefront, either in JUCO or uh, guys that might be p- potential transfers and things like that. I mean, that's what the job of the of the personnel department. You know, they've they've already scouted out most of the high school kids that they're going to recruit. And you know now they spend a lot of time looking for for other opportunities, and uh, that's what they're doing. I mean, because I because I don't hear because I don't hear nothing on Herbert, Hillary, or Dykstra. I mean, those are three offensive linemen we recruited in the last two years, and it don't seem like they're making even like third team. So, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you need to move on from them, but we don't need to blow. I mean, this season needs to play out, but we don't need to blow next year too because we didn't take care of the stuff that we need to take care of this year, and we're experiencing those same problems. You know, St. Louis is going to be gone next year. You know, we still have a tackle problem, and it just doesn't seem like we're doing anything to kind of fix that. And I hate, you know, looking at the same squad next year thinking we're going to be better in a certain department if we had not done anything to kind of correct that. But I'll be in Charlottesville. I'll be looking for you. I'll be in Blacksburg. Uh, you know, keep me on hold, but, you know, I don't know what you want to talk about in regards to recruiting or whatnot, you know, just uh, just fill me in. And uh, I'd love for us to get Hazelwood. I mean, he's a difference maker. I think, yeah, he's, I he's think really smooth. Kid, I'm not saying – I mean, he's, he's – I mean, he's a – I'll put it this way. He reminds me of what Yatil Green was when he first stepped on campus. Uh-huh. So you remember what, you yep. know what your Yatil Green was like? You remember, you remember yep. Yatil Green when he came on campus? I mean, on the yep. first day. And if you look, that's the one thing we don't have in our arsenal. We don't have a straight vertical deep pass on the sideline with a big 6'2", 6'3", receiver that just really kind of lights the secondary on fire where it has to keep that safety back. I don't know why we're not doing it, but that makes no sense. The last deep ball that I've seen that we throw on a straight go pattern was Highsmith when he caught the touchdown against LSU, and I was at that game. But any reason why we're not doing that? But I'm telling you, Hazelwood is the kind of kid that kind of has secondary on fire because you're going to keep that safety back because you're not going to leave him out there one-on-one. Uh, that's all I got for this week, man. Keep me on hold. I'll see you in Charlottesville. I'll be looking for you. I'll be, I'll be down there. You. So you say you're going to be down. You're going to be down I'll, on the sideline. I'll be early at the I'll game. Be on, so yeah, I'll be, on the, I'll be on the sideline um, from about – Two hours before the game till about ten fifteen minutes before the game. So um, okay. I'll be wearing a cape. Right, yeah, make sure you say hello. All right, man. All right, thank Gary. you for being part of the show. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to you next week and see you in Charlottesville. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three 
999-3633 is the number. Hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. And let's go out to the 678 now. Live on Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, guys? Doing good. Who's this? This is Jackie. You can hear me? Yeah, what's up, Junkie? Talking to your phone, though, so we can hear you uh, clear. I can't have on Bluetooth on here. You can't hear me. At I, got, all. I got a bad connection. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we can hear you. Hear you. It's not clear. But go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh um, I just had a few things. Um, the, what's what's Virginia record right now? I haven't been paying attention to them. Uh. Do you know? You know what? Yeah, I'll tell you. I I I don't I don't want to say the wrong number. So give me about three seconds here. They are uh, presently um. What? They're three and two. They they beat Richmond. Oh. Then, then they lost wow. to Indiana on the road. Uh, wow. They beat Ohio. Okay. Who else? They beat they beat Louisville uh-huh. pretty good. And then they Ooh. lost to NC State. Okay. And they so they lost to NC State. All right. They're yep. not a rival. Can you tell me who they have projected to do anything like NFL wise? I mean, we just got you know. We talked them up, but we'll talk down the canes. I want to know who they have that's so that so impressive that we should be afraid of. But the people that we have, it's like you know, they're not this and they can do better. Or, you know, they're just okay. I want to know who this Virginia team has. So I'm I'm waiting. Like DT, D line, wide receivers, running backs. Like what's the threat that they they pose to us other than? Uh, Perry going on the road for the first time. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's that that's yeah, the biggest I mean, <laughs> storyline. I agree. I mean, they don't have any, you know, their quarter their quarterback Bryce Perkins has been doing pretty well, but he's at his third school. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean that's my point. I mean, like we pump these people up, but people we have are getting uh, Willis is slated to go number eleven overall in the draft. Like they should be our D line. We got three three first rounders on our D line. I mean, we need to act like that. That's what we have on our team. This isn't golden, you know. This is not serious. No, the plug Smith that's on our line that that you know we're taking up the Virginia. We say, oh, we seen this time and time again. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with Randy Shannon. We saw it with yeah. Al Golden, but Brett Marco Mendenhall is he good as Martin Rick? His resume. Is his coaching? No. I mean, what no, has but he, he done? But he, but he is a good coach. And Mark Rick is they, what? They, they got a half. They got a half back that they throw the ball to a lot. Who's pretty good? A kid named Zach Lewis. Um, it, like I said, pretty they're, good, huh? they're, they're quarterback. I mean, you know, <laughs> he, he, he's right. okay. Oh. But I mean, I don't know right. who else to tell you oh, about. Okay. They don't have a lot of I great mean, individual guys. Exactly, exactly my point. And with Florida State, we saw a roster full of four or five stars, people who going who's going to get drafted. So to say, oh well, Florida State was only three and two. It's a totally different ball game, and, and it's a rival game too. So I mean, we can expect Florida State to do that, but for Virginia, I mean, I, I mean, I just me personally, I don't see a threat being posed by you know because they beat Richmond. But, yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm personally not worried about this game at all, Junkie. I'm. I'm not. Uh, right. I don't. Right. I don't think their offensive line is going to be able to even begin to block our guys up front. And uh, right. I don't right. know. 
And then also with the um, with the line change, I think I think what we're seeing as we progress through the season that the coaches are making adjustments to make the team better. And it's like us, we had to see it too. You know, I mean, they see it in practice, of course, but you know, when you put it in live fire, it's way different from what you're doing in practice. Just like you said with the kicker, the punter, like it's not a million people watching. So yeah, he mm. might boom one seventy yards with eighty hang time, but. Being in live fire, like the, 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 it's still getting a feel because it's a lot of young players, so you don't really know what they can do. We didn't think uh, Wiggins would, would be ready to come in. We always pegged him as a red shirt, but it's like he might burn his shirt and both might end up. Oh, he's definitely shirt, burning but, his shirt. Right. So, I mean, it's just – to me, I'm thinking – you know, I'm looking at seeing – we're all seeing the team is developing, man. The team is progressing. The whole, the whole idea about the playbook not being open. I posted earlier, like, we we had potentially 50-something points on the field. You know, if you count the um, the touchdown that was ruled out of bounds, uh, you take the, the missed field goal, uh, Perry missing wide open Harley. Man, Harley had – all, he had green forever in front of him. And then the, you take the the pass with Cager that he dropped down on the goal line that he would have easily fell into the end zone. You're talking 24 more points to go with the, the 28. And then what, what we're seeing with, with the offense is it's not what the play is being called. It's not that. It's, it's all execution. Just like we said, to throw to Brandon Jordan, it was there all night. But when we executed it, it was a touchdown, but if we don't do that, even with the throws, the Jeff Thomas, all the Jeff, Jeff Thomas throws, that same throw, not the touchdown throw, the throw Perry made when he Jeff caught it and ran out of bounds, that was the same throw that he missed to Harley that would have been a touchdown. So it wasn't play calling, it was just execution. I think that's what the plays that we're calling Mar Rick, what Mar Rick is a he's an excellent coach and it makes no sense to try to like why do we have to run all the like we had a potential fifty four points against our rivals with four or five stars all over the field. We had a potentially fifty four point game. Um that that we didn't have because of execution. Why do we really I mean, what do we really want to see from the coach? You want us to go be like Oklahoma and go up and down the field and the score be 65 to 55 because our defense is going to wear out. We don't have the depth. So, yeah, the, the run plays, you know, he can do some things different in, in that aspect, but he's jabbing. Uh, he's setting up stuff for later. And, and then why would we want to expose the playbook and we still have a whole ACC um, conference to go? And we still yep. have to get ready for Clemson, and we still have to do the basic. We're not even executing the basic stuff. Perry was 13 for, what, 34? So that means we still haven't executed the basic stuff. Why are we going to complicate that and make that even more difficult by putting other stuff in place to run different plays? It's still, We still would have scored 50 points with the stuff we did just then, you know? So I think we um, – I think we're in good shape, actually, man. The, the the biggest thing I want to see was Jeff Thomas not being – I thought that was – looking at it, I thought it was over for the season. Um, but seeing him coming back, getting ready, he really dodged bullets. So we can stay a little healthy, you know, maybe we'll have a chance to run at Clemson because, I mean, it's a freshman quarterback against a freshman quarterback. So he's definitely going to have to make the plays just like Perry have to make the plays. But, you know. 
Yeah. I just feel good about it. Yeah. That's all I have. Well, oh, oh, well I mean, you know, that's the, I think that's the method to all this madness. Uh, I don't think that um, Mark, Rip Har- Mark Rick harbored any illusions that there wouldn't be some growing pains along the way here. But when he was and, – and I give him credit because he's sitting back – I'm going to turn you off here since your phone's making noise, but, you know, he's sitting back and looking at the big picture of his football team after LSU. And if he's honest with himself, he's sitting there saying, we're not good enough. And we're not good enough when we're we're playing teams that are, you know, top 20 teams. We're losing almost every single time. So how can I make this team better? And Malik Rozier probably wasn't going to make this team better this year. And, you know, yeah, he was he's rolling the dice a little bit with the kid, but he's doing a really good job bringing him along. And I think the hope is I don't think he's significantly better right now. I don't think the results would be any different right now if Malik were playing quarterback. I think they're probably both about the same right now. But we're not talking about right now. We're talking about six, seven weeks from now and six, seven more games. Uh, I guess six more games from now that Nicosi's going to get to play. And I think the hope is that by then that Nicosi's ready to be a difference maker. And, um, you know, I just think that's the method to the madness here. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 863. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? 863, you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you'll have to do it next week. Let's go to the 615. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up, man? It's Brian from Atlanta. What's up, Brian? How you doing this week? Pretty good, man. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Uh, yeah, man. So I wanted to just call in. Um, this is my second time calling in. I called in a couple weeks ago, and um, – I uh, I noticed tonight's been a lot more positive than than lately, so I, I like that part. Like I like that one guy. What's the guy that's just called? Uh, not Uki, but the uh, uh, Junkie. He's always pretty positive. Yeah. 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 I, I think the I thought it was really cool the game we won. Um. Hey, you were at the. You know, I live in Atlanta, so I'm already I'm really only able to go to the Georgia Tech games. But um, when uh, when Pickney got that pick, how was it in the stadium? Oh my God, it was lit. <laughs> I mean, what a play! I mean, how good I mean, of a play was, was coming that? through the TV? Yeah, because I mean, he said he, in the post game. I guess he saw the play earlier. He saw it on tape, and he missed it the first time. And the second time, when it came up, he was just waiting for it. And man, that, if he would have scored right there, I guess it, maybe the, the roof would have came off that place. But that was. But I don't know what it is well, they, about that turnover chain, man. But go ahead. They, they, I was going to say they had worked that play in practice several times during the week. I mean, they, they were sitting on that yeah. on that tight end screen. And, yeah, he missed it the first time, and I'm sure he was kicking himself. But when he yeah. identified it and made that play, I mean, what a spectacular job. I mean. I'm telling you, wa- watching it on TV, Gary, I mean, from the, what was it, the red wine hit, the crowd went nuts, Cajun scored, then the Mike Pinkney pick. And he scored the next play, and it was Jeff Thomas coming back after the ankle was messed up. So it was just—I mean, it was, it was just coming through the TV, bro. It was—it was—it was crazy. I mean, I, I can't imagine what it was like, what it was like being there. Um, like I said, I'm up here. In, I'm up here in Georgia. Uh, what's your What's your take on on Hazelwood? I, I think they got a real shot. I mean, I think his interest is legit. I, I think his decommitment was a very good sign. 
Um, mm-hmm. But there's others in the game. I mean, Auburn's in the game. Oklahoma's in the game. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, right now, I, I think that there's there's a great chance. Have you heard anything on – because I, I saw you guys posted, like, you know, commit reactions here and there. I didn't see much on him, though. No, he doesn't the game. I mean, getting him to talk is a real project. I mean, we're trying. We're oh, really? working on it. Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. He doesn't That's say cool. much to that kid. I mean, we're, we're I got people in Georgia working on it. I mean, we're we're doing yeah. everything we can to try to try to get him to talk and see what's up. But so far, no dice. Yeah, I would say. I mean, up here in Georgia, the the people up here are pretty nervous. You know, I mean, obviously it's, it's tough to take a kid from Georgia that Georgia really wants. But I think that the what people are thinking up here is that um, he's concerned with how much they run the ball. And, and they don't really they don't really sling it around like like I guess he likes whatever so hopefully that that works in our favor, um, yeah. Coming up with the next game, I know that the people are talking about their their concern with Virginia, not Virginia, um, yeah Virginia. They don't. I'm, I'm looking at the game they they played against North Carolina. They got a few players here and there, a couple guys, but it's not going to be anything that we need to worry about. If our guys come out and execute, this should be a fairly easy win, even if it is on the road. Um, I was going to say, um, so you said that the, the Bogle looks like he, he might come. Um, Cornelius looks like he's going to come as well. Anybody else you could think that might be might be on the horizon that might, might pop pretty quick or like recruiting oh, is going to be yeah, dead I mean, until like December? I mean, there's a whole lineup of guys. I think Braylon Ingram's going to commit relatively soon. I think Kenny McIntosh will be in the class. Um, I think Mark Anthony Richards yeah. is going to be in the, cla- in the class. I, um, I think Lloyd Summerall. Do you think because we already got Crowley, and he looks pretty good, is is and maybe get McIntosh. That's a lot of running backs. I mean, do you think they may move anybody, like move move uh, McIntosh a linebacker or something like that, or he's going to be stick? He's going to strictly be a running back. Don't know, don't know. I can't answer that question because I agree. Richards wants to be a running back. McIntosh and you oh know, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're getting Bobby pretty crowded. Feels like he should be a corner, though, right? I mean, he looks like he should be a corner. He's well, I mean, one, one. they're happy to put him on defense, or you know, but he wants to be an offensive player, so they'll give him his first shot there. Yeah. What about um? I see the highlights on Crowley, and uh, what's the competition level he's going against? Because I don't really know much about. I don't that know. League. You know, I haven't really studied that that hard. I mean, I know he's putting up yeah. some huge stats. And, yeah. you know, I don't know at the level of competition. I would have to look into legit. that a little I mean, bit. It doesn't look, look like he's going against, you know, Kiwi football players. I mean, he looks legit, but I just, I, I don't, you know, I, it, it, when I look at his numbers and I see three-star, like something's not matching up. Something like, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't, I don't follow. Well, he's not real big. Guys, so. You know, he's not a real okay. big kid. But he's, I think he's going to get a fourth-star before it's all done. He's he's having okay. too good of a year. Okay. Well, that's cool, Gary. Like I said, um, I think we're going to be pretty good for Virginia. I don't expect we're going to have any issues probably until Boston College, but I think we're going to be good there because we got uh, the bye week before that. And then um, are you going to be at the Georgia Tech game? Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Okay. All right, cool. I'm going to that game. So we should have a big, large Atlanta contingent up there, so we usually try and come up big for that one. So hopefully I'll see you there, bro. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, man. Give us a call. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, later. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let me uh, real quick here attack a few of these questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. Uh, is it time to put Fiegels back in? That's a really good question. You know, Spicer's just been doing okay. 
maybe a little bit better than what Fiegels was doing, but you know, Fiegels is a notch better from a talent standpoint. He's the scholarship punter. I think at some point they got to go back to him and he, and he needs to perform like a scholarship hunter. And, uh, you know, right now they're letting him sit and watch, probably hoping that it relaxes him a little bit, but he has the ability and, uh, it's been kind of tough to watch him not show it on game day, but, uh, hopefully that everything comes together for him at, at some point here, because he, like I've said, he does have a big leg. He can give you that 50 yard punt with five seconds of hang time which is huge, just needs to be able to do it on a consistent basis. And um, looks like he gets a little nervous in games as mechanics break down. And uh, so he's going to have to work through that. But I do think that we will see Fiegels again, uh, whether it'll be this week, not sure. I, I would. I'd put him back out there and give him a chance. And if he doesn't perform, you can always go back to Spicer. Should Mark Rick use a little more creativity on first down, you could see other teams' linebackers cheating because they know it's a run. Now, when this question came in, I did a little bit of research. And I think sometimes guys on the message boards kind of convince themselves uh, of, of what they want to see so that they can complain. So I went back. I looked at all the play calls from the first three quarters and the first half of the fourth quarter. And I stopped there because Miami was running out the clock late in the game, and obviously the numbers got skewed. And, you know, here's what I found. In the first quarter, on first down, the Canes ran the ball five times and threw it three times. In the second quarter, on first down, Mark Rick called five pass plays and three running plays. So the first half ended with 50-50 balance run pass on first down, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. That's what he's striving for, and, and he hit the number right on the button. So I don't think you could really say that he's got a bias towards the run based on what we saw in the first half. Now, in the third quarter, five running plays on first down, two pass plays. So through three quarters, uh, it was 13-10 at that point. And then on the first two fir- first downs of the fourth quarter, he threw the ball. So you're sitting there basically 13 to 12. And, I mean, that's the balance that you want. So I don't think that that's really a fair question or a fair criticism. I don't think he's too predictable. And uh, I actually, like I said earlier in the show, think he's doing a pretty good job. All right, let's go out to the 985. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary Swagger for life. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, Swagger? How you doing this week? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, came on the show a little late. Uh, I heard a few callers uh, talk about a couple of things. Um, couldn't disagree more with one of them. I kind of like all the woofing and all that uh, pregame and then the, the sphere. I mean, it's a you robbery like it, game. Huh? It's Florida State. I like yeah. it, yeah. It's Florida I mean, State. it's entertaining. It's, it's entertaining as long as it doesn't distract from the mission, you know. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, kids are going to get excited. I mean, you know, rivalry game, our house. They, we hadn't beat them there in, since, what, 2004, which is crazy, you know. So, um, anyway, I just, you know, I like that. Uh, you know, about the game, I think the person that grew up the most during the game was Nikosi Perry. I mean, he got knocked around a lot in the first half. Uh, for that kid to come out and did do what he did in the second half, um, you know, putting the ball on the money, precision passes he made, after the first half that he had just showed a lot of a lot of poise. 
uh, a lot of maturity for a redshirt freshman and really proves that he's kind of, you know, just his making his progressions, you know, like you say. And I think Rick's doing a good job bringing him along from game to game. <clears throat> um, I, you know, I see him as, you know, starting to solidify himself as our QB, you know, moving forward, uh, obviously. Um, not to say that, you know, they had anything, you know, that Malik Rozier was bad or whatever, but, you know, I think uh, Rick did say that he – he thought about maybe putting in Rozier. I think that that came out that uh, like it crossed his mind, but uh, he stuck with it. And I know a lot of people were <clears throat> upset toward the end of the first quarter, not so much with Nikozi, but maybe with the play calling. I don't really see anything wrong with the play calling. I, I wish um, somebody would tell me what's wrong with the play calling. Like you know, I, every I time see, somebody tries, to, it, every but... time somebody tries to make an argument, I go and research it, and I find out they don't know what they're talking about. Like it, it, I don't, it's I don't, much, I don't yeah, I, it's well. Uh, I mean, it's well balanced. I'm sorry, I'm not true, but it, it, it's balanced. And 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 let me say this again, in case you didn't hear the beginning of the show, and maybe we get some new guys. Like you can't expect Mark Richt to throw the entire offense at this kid every week and yeah. have a, a million different plays at his disposal. He's got to pick his spots. Uh, I think that's why you only saw them throw the ball 12 times against Carolina. Uh, I, I I think that you know it looks to me. Like he's got a certain number of plays every week that he's coaching, and and he he's probably giving Nikozi more reps on individual plays than he might a veteran mm-hmm. quarterback who's done it over and over again. But like it's it's showing up on the way the kid is executing the plays that he is being given. Like uh, he couldn't have been better on some of those plays in the second half against Florida State, and that starts on the practice field. And you only have so much time out there, so you, you know if you're trying to have this crazy offense with all sorts of stuff and the quarterback audibling at the line of scrimmage and, and all kinds of adjustments and things going on, you can't rep them to the same degree as if you isolate on a given number of plays each week and, and get your, get your quarterback executing those plays really, really well. And that's what I see, or at least I think I see happening here. Uh, with Nicosi, and uh, he's doing a really good job. I mean, is he perfect? Far from it. But for what could be expected of him at this point, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah, agree totally. I mean, Rick has forgotten more football than any of us will ever know. You know, and as yeah. far as, you know, he's, the most, he, he's, he's a respected QB guru, and I think the way he's going about bringing along this redshirt freshman you know, who he sees as, the, you know, as the future of the program, which, in my opinion, he does. I think he's doing a good job at it. Um, I didn't well, like I think, the I think he thinks that Jaron Williams is going to challenge Nikozy before too much Maybe. time goes by. It won't be this year. But, um, you know, I don't think he's ready to hand the keys for four years yet. Uh, I know they like Jaron Williams quite a bit, and they're going to recruit other quarterbacks. Uh, but for right now – and and what he needs to get done here, and also to not go into next season where you got to play Florida without a quarterback who's ever stepped on the field. Uh, I think yep. he's he's doing what he feels is best for the program. Yes, sir. Absolutely agree. So, and he's accepting yeah, the mean, risk I, that comes with that. He's accepting the risk yeah. that comes with that, and the risk is what we saw on Saturday when things don't go well. You you have to overcome some bad moments and now all of a sudden you're losing by 20 points to Florida State. Right. And that was a that but, was, and that was a 
and that was a mm-hmm. tall order with a, with a freshman quarterback. And had the defense not stepped up the way it did and gotten those two turnovers, and they hadn't scored those two touchdowns within a minute of each other to get back in the game, right? It would it would have been tough to win that game, and it we been, we might have been, been we might have been sitting here tonight talking about the byproduct of the quarterback change, but right. it worked it worked out. All right, it did. And you know that that along um, you know with the gut punch of the, the the punt return, which is something else I wanted to talk about. They got to do something about these special teams. I mean, it's just it's ugly when you're watching our punt teams go down there, and you know not just this game with Florida State, but it's been a perennial problem in the season where we're just we're not we're not in the right place or we're overrunning guys. Something they've got to try something else. I don't know if it's you know, playing some other guys. I don't, you know, somebody mentioned Robert Knowles missing a tackle, whatever. But they've they've got to try something else on these, you know, on these punt teams because that that's just it's bad, and you can see it. I mean, it's just it's it's horrible. But uh, another another move, another uh, thing I want to talk about. Then the the, the you know, another game in game move I liked was uh, putting uh, Navon Donaldson in at guard and moving Scape out there. I thought Scape did pretty good. I mean, he had some freshman moments. But I think he held his own out there for being, you know, for a first-time start against Florida State. Um, I don't think Navon, you know, Donaldson, to me, uh, this isn't the first game we've seen him struggle. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, I mean, I, I just don't see him as maybe the answer at tackle. Maybe I'm still judging too fast. But so far this year, if you look at the games we played, I mean, you can disagree or agree. I mean, I don't think this is the first game that we've seen him struggle, and I think that move was a savvy move on the part of uh, on the part of uh, Rick and company to uh, to make that move during the game because he was getting he was getting beat. I mean, the first half. Now look, I know they had Brian Burns, and I know Brian Burns is you know all everything, but he, I mean, it was just I, I thought it was a good move. Anyway, it was it was a good um, move, and 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 Rick and and Thomas Brown are beating themselves up a little bit that they didn't do it earlier in the game uh, because mm-hmm. that that problem kind of rose to the forefront from the first quarter, and yeah, I think they underestimated Brian Burns a little bit to be honest with you, and 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 uh, I know Coach Rick talked about it after the game. They were extremely impressed by that kid. Yeah, well. We showed a lot of heart against Florida State, digging out of the hole we did. Like I said, you know, Perry made some precision throws. We made some plays in the second half. Jeff Thomas made made that ridiculous catch, you know, and uh, it just, you know, it, him coming back after that hyperextended knee showed a lot of heart. Uh, the fact that he didn't practice doesn't bug me at all. He'll be fine. Um, but uh, another thing I wanted to mention, just kind of as an overall program, just kind of seeing – where we are right now looking at this point in the season and hearing some of the things coming out of like practice and going back to the Toledo game, seeing Shaq Quarterman uh, pull everybody around on the sidelines when Toledo pulled within seven and then hearing stories about Mike Harley calling out the offense because they're not practicing good enough. Hearing about DJ Dallas running, uh, you know, uh, pushing the, the sled today with the line uh, hearing Tyler Gauthier's uh, post-practice uh, uh, interview, kind of calling calling out the line that they didn't play good enough and kind of taking accountability. You're starting to see that shift in the program mm-hmm. a little bit that we haven't had in a long time. And that's when the players start, start taking accountability and start speaking up. We haven't had that in a long time, Gary, around here since before Shannon. You know, right. and uh, I think that's a shift 
you're starting to see in the program that really, really excites me. Because when we were great, you know, those guys like Ed Reed, Jonathan Vilma, those guys held people accountable in the locker room, uh, you know. And uh, that's just something that, that I'm seeing. Uh, you know, you, you hear bits and pieces here and there of that starting to happen. I think that's a product of uh, Rick and Manny Diaz and these guys saying, hey, guys, look, you know, you guys need to start speaking up. You know, this is just as much your team as it is ours. You know, seniors speak up. And uh, it's that that's that kind of gives you goosebumps when you start when you start hearing about that. And uh, I don't think uh, I don't think we'll have a problem this week. Virginia doesn't have the horses to to play against us. We got too much talent. Uh, Manny, I think defense is going to kill them. I think we win by three scores minimum. Uh, I look at the rest of our schedule. Um, I don't I, personally. I don't think we should lose another game. I've seen BC play. Virginia Tech got knocked out of the house by Notre Dame. I mean, I I, I just I think we have the talent to beat everybody else on our schedule if we take care of business. Um, yeah, but there, but there yeah, will be yeah. some anxious moments. You could, you could bet the ranch on that. Nobody expected Saturday to go the way it did. Uh, uh, yeah, but <laughs> true. But uh, I just, I, I think our talent. I think, especially on defense. I think when you hand it over to to Manny Diaz's defense and those guys, uh, I just don't think. You know, in those anxious moments, I think they'll they'll step up to the plate, and we'll be okay the rest of the way, and we'll be we'll be in Charlotte. Couple of couple of recruiting questions, Gary. Akeem Dent, what's he doing? Is he playing games, or is he is it for real, or what you think? No, I don't think he's playing games at all. I think he's very seriously considering going to Miami. I mean, he he was he showed up at the stadium three hours before kickoff again this week uh, to hang out with the coaches and 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 you know. Uh, I think he's dead serious. I, I I think if I had to make a bet right now, it would be they they flip him. Okay, what about – and somebody said this two weeks ago that we're not going to get Tariq Stevenson because he likes the aura of the SEC. What do you think about that? I think there's I think some truth to that. I think there's some truth to that. But I also think that Miami's hanging in there with him. He was there Saturday as well. And uh, – you know, I think they're going to fight it out to the finish, and we'll see what happens. I can't make much of a prediction there. I mean, yeah, if I had to make a prediction, it would be that he goes to Georgia. But, you know, at some point, something's going to give it Georgia. I'll tell you that. And, you know, maybe it'll be in time for this. Like, well, I mean, come on. Why do you, what, do you mean, what, do you, what do you mean something's going to give it Georgia? I mean, I don't want to say anything I can't back up, but, like, it, okay. it, you know, it's kind of obvious that, you know, some some funky stuff's going on at Georgia. I mean, they mm-hmm. signed eight five stars last year. All right, we'll <laughs> let it lie. So, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, I just thought at some point something's got to give there. I mean, the the coaches around the country aren't going to just sit there and watch Georgia sign all these five stars like that every year. And mm. you know, it it was way, way, way beyond over the top. And at some point I got to think something's going to give a few years yeah. ago, we were talking about Ole Miss the same way. True. Very know, true. There was a lot, there was a lot of over the, over the top things going on at Ole Miss. And, and, you know, we were talking about something's going to give at some point and it did, you know, it, yeah. it's, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Very true. Maybe it'll be in time for this recruiting cycle, and uh, they won't be as big a threat for Tyreek Stevenson as they are right now. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe so. All right, man. Yep. That's all I got, Gary. Thanks for letting me on. Appreciate you got it. it.
Thanks for being part of the show. A couple more questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. Is Todd Hartley overstretched with his responsibilities as the tight end coach and special teams coach? The special teams have been below average, way below average. Well, I'm going to say no. I mean, you can debate the schemes. You can debate the personnel for sure, like I said earlier. But the tight end coach coaching three guys is not overworked in managing special teams. They just got to take a look at who they've got playing those special teams, maybe make a few adjustments and try to do better. Obviously, I agree that they've been you know, pretty below average so far this year. Where are the Canes as a team and a program right now? I think Miami's a potentially great program trying to build itself back uh, to that, but still has a ways to go. Uh, you know, you're playing freshmen all over the place, particularly on offense. You got freshmen at quarterback, receiver, tight end, even right tackle of all places now. I mean, that's not a recipe for championships just yet, but uh, keep stacking those recruiting classes and, and uh, they'll have a chance to get there. Um, in the meantime, I mean, this team looks like it's on course to win 10, 11 games again this year. Uh, when that becomes bad, then you have something. I mean, that's pretty good. You win 10, 11 games in the regular season. So we'll see how it, how it plays out from here. Let's go out to the 916. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, how you doing, man? It's Roland from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm good, man. I'm good. Got a quick question, though. Any um, new prospects uh, for D line and O line? I just called in, so I wasn't, wasn't sure. Uh, not, 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 not at the moment, no. Okay. I mean, what's, what's your, what's your over? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're gonna get. They got some commitments coming pretty soon. Uh, on, the, I think, on the D line. I think uh, Braylon Ingram's gonna commit. I think Chris Bogle will commit. Um, so we'll see. What, what, if you had to. Give a, a a rating as far as uh, Stacy Stacy Soros and 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 O line. What, what, what would you what, what would you give it? Just him as far as coaching and uh, just the overall performance. I'd say about a B. You know about a B. I mean I you know those guys get I think are getting better. I think they they had some tough matchups on Saturday that set them back a little bit. But for the most part, I don't think that they're playing that bad. I mean, you know the so. Quick, quick question. Uh, uh, with Stacy Soros and I asked you this before. A friend of mine, he's an agent and, and uh, he played. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's an agent and uh, he's pretty connected with the program. And uh, and I, we, I just can't understand why you know Miami can't go out to you know Utah, or Texas, or other parts of the country. To there's too many kids out. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a five or a four star. To, to and I know you go back to that kid that they got from Iowa, but it, it, I, mean, I just I just can't understand that. When, even when you watch the Florida State game, that D line and don't get me wrong, Florida State has a strong defensive line, but a lot of the D lines get so much penetration, man. You know you got to roll out Paris so much, and I just think that that's one position, and I'm not saying possibly coaching. 
that needs you know needs to be looked upon or, or possibly needs to to uh, you know, maybe may, may a change, man. You know because you well, got too I mean, many kids. I'm you want to make the argument that they need to recruit a little better at the position? I'll agree with you. I mean, in yeah, terms of yeah. act, playing performance, I mean, I mean Tyler Gothers become a very good center. Um, yeah, but, but I'm yeah, saying, I, 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 I think the problem that they, the problem they have right now is they don't have enough tackles. So St. Louis, who should be a right tackle, is playing left exactly. tackle. Donaldson, who should okay. be a guard, is playing right tackle. So now they're getting to the point exactly. where they're going to play the freshman at right tackle and, and put him back at guard. It's just it's it's it, it's too much in disarray. So it, it's okay, hard for so, so, Zeros, It's hard for him to shine as a coach when there's so much disarray there. Okay, so that's that's my point. So that goes when they go back to coaching. If you got to have so much disarray, you got to make so many changes. Or, or and, recruiting. And then, and then well, they recruiting. are making changes. They are. They are. They're making changes. They're putting a true when freshman look, at right tackle, trying to get better. How, how many years Stacey Searle has been there? Three years? Two or three years? Miami, this is his third. He came with Rick. Third year. You look at the receivers. He's been around for growth. a long time. Coached at a lot of programs. I got, I got you. But I'm saying you see growth at, at, at the receiver. You see the tight ends. I mean, hardly uh, special teams coach, no, not uh, tight end coach, really, really good coach, Manny Diaz. And I'm not trying to say to, to get rid of the guy. All I'm just simply saying is just open it up and and not just look in Florida for offensive linemen. There's, you got this whole country, and you mean to tell me they got they got to make a concerted effort to to, to bring other kids in. I don't care. It doesn't matter if it's Four, five, three, two—all that's irrelevant. It's about having somebody that's physical enough and that's aggressive enough that's gonna come in and fit the system. And you got too many athletes that you have on the receiver side, and, and you mean to tell me you can't get kids from outside of Florida? That's a problem with that, Gary. I mean, I know I know you close to a program. There's only so many things you can say, but. It's, it's really, no, I can say anything you know, I want, I, and I don't disagree with you. I've said it all year. I, I said it last that's year. That's crazy. I, I think they need yeah. to step up the recruiting of linemen outside the state. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. You know, I mean, they're doing a million great things in the program. I mean, it doesn't they, mean they're they doing do a lot. Thing. It doesn't mean they're doing every single thing great. Like that's an area where things could get better. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not comparing it to. But you looked at you watched you watched Drew Brees yesterday, and I'm not comparing. Of course, I'm not comparing the two. But you look, look at just protection, just a little bit of protection, and you think about the athletes Miami got, all those receivers and tight ends and running backs that come out the flat. I'm just all I'm simply saying is they got they got to look outside of Florida and look at uh, looking interior guys, all those big guards up in Michigan and Nebraska. It's like we can't we keep repeating over and over, man. So. I don't know. It just uh, it is what it is, man. I just hope they just uh, really just make the emphasis on uh, uh, targeting the offensive line because that's where that's where it begins. Everything you know begins on that O line and the D line too, you know. So I don't know, man. But uh, I just wanted to just point that out. So all right, man. Thanks for calling in. We'll talk to you next week, maybe. No, no problem, man. All right, job, man. have a good day. Thanks for being part of the show. Yep. All right, so the game Saturday is at 7 o'clock. And those of you who aren't coming up to Charlottesville with us and need a place 
to get a great meal while you celebrate another Canes victory in South Florida, need to get out to one of Sicilian Oven's six locations. You've heard me talking about it on the show tonight and all season long about how great Sicilian Oven is. And there really is no better place in town to watch the game and eat great food than Sicilian Oven. And and I was driving through Plantation yesterday and was feeling kind of hungry. So I stopped into Sicilian Oven's Plantation location and I had one of their pizza lunch specials, which I do from time to time. And man, you know, the food was so good that I called up the wife and I said, honey, I'm bringing you home a pizza for dinner. You got to get some of this Sicilian oven action. And uh, so here's what you can eat during the game. Your meal can begin with some appetizers. Like they got this homemade Tuscan bread with olive oil, garlic, rosemary, and shaved Parmesan. That's just really awesome. If you're more traditional, you can order the Sicilian bruschetta. Really, really sweet. They have calamari and mussels, meatballs and rice balls. Then you can move on to pizza. They have classic pizzas with traditional toppings and gourmet and select pizza combinations that are really unique. My favorite, the one I always order, they call it the Joey D. It comes with meatballs, ricotta, and shaved Parmesan. Mm, It's really, 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 really great stuff. If you don't want pizza, how about wings? They make their wood-fired wings. Um, They marinate them for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices, and then they serve them with caramelized onions. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you're going to find something great at Sicilian Oven with six locations throughout South Florida. So there's the Plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive. There's the Aventura location at 205th and Biscayne. There's the Coral Springs location at Sample Road and 101st. The Lighthouse Point location at 2486 North Federal Highway, and the Boca Raton location at South Andrews Boulevard next to Publix. And then there's the new location in Fort Lauderdale on Oakland Park Boulevard just west of Bayview. And people really like that one because it has a full liquor bar. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian Oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. Sicilian Oven, SicilianOven.com. You will not only love the taste, you will taste the love. And I'm dead serious. Great, great place to go watch the game on Saturday night and have a good meal with the family. Um, if, if you're sitting around in South Florida and you don't make the trip with us up to Charlottesville, keep that in mind. Sicilian Oven, great place. Let's go out to the 985. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you getting me back on? You are. Oh, were you? You were. I'm sorry. You were already on, weren't you? I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, I'll, I'll get. I'll talk to you next week. Sorry about that. Hit the wrong button. Let's go to the four one nine. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Jimmy. It's Maurice from Toledo. Hey, what's up, man? I bet you wish hey, they had a Sicilian oven in Toledo, don't you? Ah, we need a Sicilian oven in Toledo. We have about every other restaurant, though. Just not one of those. Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see too many great places to eat when I was up there. I'll be honest. Are you kidding me? I don't know if you know this. We're like the restaurant per, uh, per capita, capital of the world, actually. We Really? They test stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, God, if you look it up, Toledo, Ohio, per capita is like the restaurant capital. Yeah. Huh. I didn't. Taco I mean, I was, only driving, I was only driving around the university area and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't see too much. But maybe I got to go to a different You know why? Town. Yeah, the, yeah the, it was a part of town you're in. The university area, it's funny because you start to go and then you kind of wander into the kind of like the not-so-great part, and there's really nothing over there. You have to get out maybe about 
five minutes away from you were, and it's, you know, pretty nice out there. All right. About five to seven minutes. But, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, about the Florida State game, you know, I, I expected a tight one. You know, I had a feeling Florida State would show. Um, they have athletes. I mean, that's the thing people overlook. They have really good athletes. They just have some really, you know, they're having growing pains with their offensive line. And then it's tough to win football games when you don't have an O-line. So I expected a tough game. But the thing I was really impressed with, Perry, I mean, the numbers weren't spectacular, but the numbers could have been better. I mean, guys dropped balls on him. I mean, he put the balls, you know, he put some balls in some nice spots. He looked a little tight. Yeah, there were some throws. But the thing I liked is the kid never got down on himself. You know, he never seen his body language. He had good body language. He just kept plugging away until finally the defense got him some balls. And let, let's be honest, he cashed him in. You know, the defense got yeah, the know, ball. You know, what helps, put in the end zone. you know what helps him in that yeah, regard? When he, when he was a high school football player, he had a lot of success. And, and he's a kid that's used to playing well, and he's used to winning on the football field. And the level of play is obviously far greater at this level than anything he saw in sure. high school. But this is a kid that goes on the field expecting to do well. And I think that, and I think that you know, that's why a lot of coaches say it helps to recruit kids from winning programs because they're used to winning and, and they're used to having success. And, and it carries over. It really does. I could totally see that. I mean, he just, that's why his body language. It's just, you know, I – I think as the further the season goes along, this kid's going to get better and better. Yeah, you're going to have games where, you know, he doesn't, he's going to make mistakes, but the command, the presence in the huddle, he's going to realize this year this is his team. And they're going to go as far as he's going to take them. And 11 wins, is a, it's a very realistic possibility. I mean, there could be a stumble along the way, but I, don't, I just have a really good feeling about this team. I, I really would be surprised if someone knocked them off. I think this team is going to go all the way into Charlotte and, then it's anyone's game from there. I mean, it just which which freshman plays better. I mean, I think Clemson has a little me, better team. Mm-hmm. To, to me, the question is: Does the defense show up the way it did in the second half the other night? If the defense plays like that, sure. <laughs> I mean, Florida State didn't have a chance to do anything. No, they didn't. They didn't. That defense showed up really big. And injuries. The injury bug is just something you can never account for. You know, I mean, you get injured Correct. in the key positions. Next thing you know, things go awry. But you know, you know, regarding you know, as far as no, you know, we, we don't get bit by the injury bugs and things go our way. I mean, this could be a really nice season. I mean, we we could uh, you know potentially be you know lined up for Charlotte, and you never know what could happen if you if you upset Clemson, you knock them off. Maybe you're looking at a playoff berth. I mean, you know, obviously we're not ready for those teams, but it sure is nice for recruiting if you could get there. It really would be. And this Perry kid, I can't say enough good things. I think he throws a really nice ball. There's some things that I really like what he does with the football. He puts it in some really catchable spots. I heard you bring up the throw to Jeff Thomas earlier, and, I mean, he just threw to a spot to where his guy could make a play, and Thomas made the play. I mean, he's, I really like the things he does as a quarterback. I, I really yeah. – I think it's enough. I really – I like this kid much better than Rosier. And no knock to Rosier. You know, he's a kid. He's a 20-year-old kid. I, I don't like to, you know, tear anyone apart that's still a kid. I really like what this Perry brings to the table. I just think our offense is going to be much different. I really do. All righty. What else you got? Well, that's pretty much. I you know, look forward to a good season. I think, I think that we have a really good shot to run the table from here on out. All right, man. Well, thanks for calling in. Give us a call again next week. Absolutely. Take care. You got it. Let's go to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? Yeah, that's you. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? Frank. Hey, what's up, Frank? What you got for us? Hey, uh, quick, uh, real quick, actually, well, what uh, some people haven't brought up too about last Saturday's game is uh, how lucky we were on that trick play for Florida State. They don't, uh, they don't throw a flag on that one. We lose that game. 
like fourteen yeah. plus. Well, you know, maybe. Let's let's, let's, let's say let's play. say maybe. We don't know. We don't know how it would have played out. So let's oh, say maybe. Look, look at that replay. That that, that ball looked fine to me. No, no, you know, but uh, luckily we got yeah, the call. Yeah, no, no, I'm not arguing that play at all. I, I mean, that was that was a razor fine line on that play, and yeah, we they were fortunate that the refs called it, no question. But what I'm saying is, we don't know how the rest of the of the game would have played out, and whether Miami definitely would have lost. But being down 13 at that point wouldn't have been great, that's for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, we were wrong. I think that would have sucked life out of the whole stadium and everything. You know, we had all the momentum going. I think that I think that, that would have just killed everything. But um, and that's what brings you up to this Saturday is you look. We are a twelve point favor going to this game, uh, which I never understood in the type of rivalry. And we're not back in that elite status. I didn't see how we should have been twelve point favorites. But uh, it just goes to show you. Got to look at the situation. We just played our our, our we just played our biggest rival. I'm sure a lot of guys will be playing, but they're nicked up and injured. You know, that's how it is against Florida State. Now you got a freshman who's getting all the accolades, just do four touchdowns, no interceptions, being told he's all world. Now he's got to go play his first road game at night. Remember, Virginia last year, we they had us beat 21-14 at halftime. I remember that place was booing, you know, the offense left and right. So it's not like Virginia can't hang with us. So, you know, you talk about a night game, his first road game. I sure hope they establish that run quickly because you don't want this guy throwing the ball too much early on because any turnovers, that place is going to go nuts. And, I mean, Virginia, like you said, they got a good head coach. And across the board, I mean, they're looking at the quarterback stats. He's got 11 touchdowns, four picks, over almost 1,200 yards. Their best receiver's got 33 catches to our 16 with Joe Thomas, six touchdowns, over 500, 500 yards. And the running back's got the same sense as Homer because he's got six more touchdowns. So, I mean, I don't see the – and look at the spread right now. It's down to six and a half. You know, those hotels are not small for a reason in Vegas. You know, yep. so I, I – if, there, if there's ever a trap game after playing Florida State and a freshman on his first road game, I don't see anyone doesn't see this as a trap game, which is going to be in a war. It wouldn't shock me if we lose this game straight up. Oh, I hope, I hope you're wrong. I hope they don't lose it straight up, but – uh, I agree. A freshman playing his first road game at night on the road is not the greatest situation. Uh, but Nicosi, you know, he's handled everything else pretty well. So, you know, maybe he'll surprise us and handle that pretty well, too. I mean, well, I, you know, I think they, Vegas is looking at losing Amon Richards for good and different things. I mean, they're looking at everything. Um, like you said, the freshman quarterback playing the game on the road, the, the letdown from Florida State, they, they, they're throwing all that crap in the computer. All right, plus you look at the people that have stepped up for us, which is they're all freshmen, which is great because it just shows the program is all good. But you're talking about all freshmen stepping up. You, you can't, can't depend on freshmen yeah. when it comes to road games. You know? So no. you know, they're going to have their great games, and they're going to have those games where out of nowhere you're like, why are we down 21-7 in like five minutes? To an, plus the other thing that's the other thing that's thrown in there is Virginia has had an open week, which enhances their preparation. Exactly. I didn't even know that. That just that's exactly so the stockpile that on top of you know what's happened. So, you know, I like say I, I was shocked it was that low. So when it's that low, they raise a little red flag. Anything over seven, I'd be happy. Anything under seven, and I'm a little uneasy about that one. But like you said, hopefully they can go there and establish the run because you know you put the run on them then obviously it takes the pressure off the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's all you got. All right, what else you got tonight? 
Well, that's about it, man. Keep up the good work. You got it, man. Thank you. Thanks for being part of the show. Let's go out to the 302. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up? It's Butter P. Hey, what's up, Butter P? Talk to us, man. Excuse my voice. Excuse my voice. Got a little hoarse. Um, first of all, I want to say uh, I want to congratulate uh, Malik Rozier. I think he's been – he was good for us. Uh, I see what he went through to come back victory last year at Florida State and seeing the calls he had to uh, drive down and do the same thing for us. So that took some gall, some balls. But um, I want to talk about Nkozi a little bit. Those two throws, I just rewatched the game again tonight or yesterday and finished up tonight. Now, whether you want to say it or not, those two throws on that uh, go-ahead drive, those were NFL-type throws. The one Absolutely. He threw it directly to a spot on the rope in between defenders, and then he looked off the safety. He got the safety to drift over towards whoever, Mike Harley, whoever was on the other side. Then he came back and dropped the dime on Brevin Jordan. Those are two throws that are pro Big time. Throws. No doubt. And the thing is, I don't know if Malik would have been able to make them throws or manipulate the safety. Not taking up he he might have now. Let's let's be fair. He might have. I mean, especially the second one. The second one for sure. I mean, Jordan was way was wide open. I mean, he. I mean, I I think he would have made the second one for sure. The first one, uh, man. I I mean that took some. I mean that took balls to make the to, to make it that. It was throw. a rope. It was a that, rope. that was that was a rope of what about a thirty-five yard rope down the middle yeah. of the field between three guys. No where, and, and, and he probably couldn't even see. Jeff Thomas, <laughs> when he threw it, I mean. I that throw over and over and over. And the reason I talked about the second throw, I think he could have made the throw. I'm talking about the manipulation with the eyes. When you watch it yeah. and they show Perfect. the replay, you can see the safety drip over like he's going to the right. He really got him to bite. And, and I say but, that to say that. But I'm telling you, I mean, you got to give Mark Rick credit for that, too. He, he, like that, that was coaching. I mean, they worked that in practice. And Mark Rick taught Nikozi how to look off the safety like that. And they repped it, and they repped it, and they repped it, and they repped it, and they got it to the point where he was good at it, and they called it in the game, and he executed it perfectly. So am, so am I fair in saying this? I agree, give Mark Rick the credit and Nikozi, but Nikozi's light just didn't come on. And what I mean by that is this. These past two games, besides the bonehead interceptions, the one time he threw – He's been spot on with 10 for 10, 10 for 12. Starting out, the light just didn't come on. He's had, he's had to been doing this for a while. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but, so, I mean, he, he, did, he did miss a bunch of throws the other night. His, number, his, number, his numbers were not good. Uh, you know, I mean, he, 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 he had some drops. Cager cost him four completions. But, you know, even then, you know, if, it, it would have looked better if he was 17 of 30. I, th- I guess it was – I thought it was 13 of 32. It would have been um, – I guess that, that that would have been much better, but uh, he missed some. He 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 did miss some, which is going to happen. I mean, he's a freshman. Even a exactly. senior's not going to make every throw. So I call that big game jitters. But I'm saying the way he's yeah. playing, even though he has some missed throws, I think the light has been on. I just wonder what was like the holdup with kind of getting him in there. Because I heard you say to someone else, we don't want to go into the Florida game with just one quarterback. But we went into yeah. that this year without getting cozy sometime. So why? Well, he was suspended. Fight? He was suspended for LSU, so he he couldn't have started that game anyway. I'm not sure he would have started that game because if 
if Mark Rick felt at that point in time that he was ready to be the starting quarterback, then he would have started him against Savannah State. He didn't. Malik Rozier started against Savannah State. Uh, so it's been a progression, and he he had to get to the point where Mark Rick felt he was ready. And you know, I was saying it back then after the LSU game when everyone was bitching. I'm like, trust Mark Rick. This if you can't trust him with quarterbacks, you can't trust him with anything. And you knew he wanted to make the change. It was just, but he, but I was saying back then he can't manufacture it, and uh, and he couldn't. He had to wait until the time was right. And he's looking like money right now. I mean, it, it's all playing out kind of perfectly. Exactly. Now. I heard you say something about uh, how it was 13 to 12 on the run pass or pass run. And my yeah. only gripe was this. My only gripe, I, it turns out even. Here was my gripe. We had just went up maybe one, and I think we had stopped him. And instead of going for the juggler, we ran three straight times. And I think that's what people were a little angry at because I think it were conservatives too early. We didn't really – take a chance to really put them out of there, put it, like, ice the game. I think we had just went up, and we stopped them and got the ball back. It might have been, like, nine, nine, nine minutes left. Then we ran three straight times. We didn't attempt one pass. And I think that was what kind of got people angry. There was no aggression at that time. I think we should have took a shot somewhere in there because they were on the ropes. They were on the ropes. And we ran three straight times and gave the ball back to them. Yeah, I I mean I I know a bunch of guys were angry. I I wasn't I I wasn't angry. I don't get angry in that way. But I was stunned. I I'll be honest. I was stunned. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I I, I couldn't understand. I couldn't understand it. You know I I mean uh, the 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 third down run I understood because you know at that point you're thinking I don't want to make a mistake here and make the make the situation worse. Uh, there's still a lot, a lot of time left. In a, in a quarter and a half, you, you're going to get three, four at least possessions, and and have a chance to score. So I, I get the third down run, you know, not wanting to turn the ball over. But the the, fir- the first two, both being runs, runs that went nowhere, uh, I was stunned. I, I mean, it, it was it was shocking. We could have put them away. Now I give them credit. That one run that Travis Homer ran over to DB Westbrook, I know that's what he wants to do. I know that's what Rick wants to do, but we ain't there. So just like the one guy said a couple calls ago, we might have to look outside of Florida. We got sides with people like Donaldson and maybe the guy from IMG. But when you look at those Nebraska lines, those Michigan lines, kind of Midwest Wisconsin, those guys just seem to find linemen. Penn State, Ohio State, why can't we get – a mauler from the Midwest, out west, northeast, like those guys do. I love all the talent players should come from Florida, especially on the defensive side and like DBs and linemen and all the linebackers. But all the linemen, you got to look outside the country. You got to look all over the country. You got to do that because you find maulers everywhere. You got to look outside Florida for offensive linemen, man. Got to do it. Yep, no, no, no doubt. Because there's just not but, enough um, of them in Florida, and you notice Florida State's offensive line's not real good. You know, it's no. just it's hard. It's hard for these Florida schools to put together good O lines. And uh, this is my last thing, and I'm gonna get off. Thank you for uh, 
and finally admitting that something fishy is going on at Georgia. No way. I'm not saying they, when Mark Rick was there and they was at the top, they didn't sign eight five stars. As a matter of fact, Kirby was still winning with Rick's guy. You understand what I'm saying? No, if you get if you get one five star, you're doing well. <laughs> they got eight of them. I mean, Alabama, the best recruiting school in the country, is usually getting two or three. They got eight he of got them. Eight. He took something from old old Saint Nick, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, that's what the yeah. Basically, basically, yeah. That's what it looks like. <laughs> All right, Gary, man. Thanks for having me. Keep me on hold. Let's go, Kate. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. A couple more questions from the message boards. It appears that Clemson is the only ACC team that has beaten the currently ranked opponent. How can the ACC be this bad? Well, I think it starts with quarterbacks. You know, I mean, even Clemson's playing with a true freshman now. Um, North Carolina, I mean, we saw them. They, they don't have a quarterback. Virginia Tech is down to its backup. Uh, I agree the league seems a little down this year, but beyond that, I don't really understand why. Uh, the level of coaching in the conference is pretty good. So uh, we'd have to do a pretty in-depth school-to-school study to answer that question, but there's no doubt that the ACC it is, is a little down. What is wrong with recruiting this year? We're killing it. Now we're dropping fast, not even in the top 20. I would say patience, patience, patience. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with recruiting. I think a lot of commits are just coming later this year. And and when they come, I think the ranking will drift upwards. Um, it, I don't think it'll be as high as last year, but I do think that Miami will get into the top 10 in the final recruiting rankings. We'll see how that goes. Scott Patchen was in the game early against Florida State. Has he improved that much? Or is this just more of the merry-go-round rotation defense? Um, no, that merry-go-round rotation defense has been much better. Uh, you know, I didn't see any issues the other night. Um, Patchen's now the third guy at defensive end, and he's playing pretty well. Uh, Greg Rousseau got hurt. Uh, you can't play uh, Garvin and Jackson every single down, you know, so you got to have a third guy, and right now Patchen's that third guy, and he's playing okay. Uh, don't seem to be – I mean, he's not Garvin or Jackson, but don't seem to be a lot of problems there. All right, back to your calls. Let's go to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Hey, how's who's it this? going? Doing good. Who's this? This is Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane out of 305. Um, All right. Just wanted to make a, a quick comment. And, you know, I missed the last hour of the call, so I'll try to stick to things that I don't think anybody else talked about. Um, I noticed on the uh, Revan Jordan play, obviously, great effort for him to get us into fourth and one as opposed to fourth and four. But if you watch that play, D. Wickens blocks his guy out of the field entirely, just cleaned off that entire corner of the field. And uh, that was really impressive, you know. It's a big-time uh, big time uh, effort from him in a, in a big-time spot in the game. So, you know, that, that really stood out to me. Um, uh, you know, other people were talking about Mark Rick's play call, and it's just it's, it's so ridiculous to hear so many people from the left, from the right on this, you know, saying opposite things and everyone wants to be a coach, just pure silliness. Um, you just mentioned that we got three guys in, in the rotation. What's up with Demetrius Jackson? You know, 
he's he hasn't bounced back from the injury. He he just hasn't been playing. When he's been out there, he's not playing very well. Uh, you know, this is his last year. He's kind of having to you know do the best he can, but he's just he hasn't been playing well when he's been out there. Even on special teams, the the other day he didn't look very good. So they you know they just can't. Uh, I, I mean, you, you can't put him out there when you're in a tight game against Florida State. He's, he's just not playing at the same level as the other guys. Yeah, I found that especially considering, uh, especially uh, weird considering how much PT uh, Patchen was getting. Um, another thing I want to touch upon is I noticed that on the uh, on the Sheldrick Redwine forced fumble, that's a, a third and six, and we have three down linemen and at least just one linebacker in the game. Is that a, is that a, a new look that's even – like an extension of the nickel that we have put, uh, put yeah. in, uh, yeah, they have different with the with the striker position. Yeah, it's different, different looks, different diff, different packages that they have. They have a lot, a lot of different things at their disposal. Uh, I don't think it's obviously anything you're going to see on a, you know, very often. But it's you know throwing it in there every now and then. By the way, Patchen only played 16 snaps the other day on defense. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it's not obviously not a ton of snaps, but it, it be a little bit more than you expected coming into the season. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I know some people were ragging on the uh, the two 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 men back on the on the punt cover on the punt return. Uh, I thought it actually worked well, and uh, one of the one of the big returns that DJ Dallas had uh, really three or four guys got distracted by the Jeff Thomas dummy on the opposite sideline, and I think that if we don't get exposed on the fake. That could be an incredibly useful weapon for us. Yeah. Two very explosive guys. Two very explosive guys back there. I mean, DJ is nearly impossible to bring down one on one. He's just strong and slippery. Yep. Obviously, I uh, agree with that. Uh, what else you got? Uh, lost, uh nothing more. Uh, thanks for having the show. Good night. Yeah, no sweat, man. Thanks for calling in. We'll talk to you next time. All right, um, we're down to one call on the board, so I'm going to get to that in a second. If you want to get in tonight, now's the time to call in, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. A uh, couple more questions that were submitted on the message board. Rick is going for it a lot on fourth down. Does this mean that he doesn't have confidence in Baxa to kick the field goal? Well, I think he didn't have confidence the other night when Baxa missed that short kick. Um, but in general, I think his fourth down decisions, have, they've been pretty well calculated. The one I didn't like, though, is the one he did before the half the other night. Um, I thought that showed a, maybe a little bit of lack of patience at that point. But he, he got his patience back, I guess, because he ran the ball three straight times in the middle of the third quarter. But uh, I didn't think that was real. It, I thought it was kind of ill-advised, to be honest with you. I, and it let Florida State get three extra points before the half. Um uh, aggressiveness is awesome. You you want your coaches to be aggressive. You want them to believe and play to win. But Miami was reeling at that point. And really, you know, it, it just, to me, it would have been made more sense to just punt the ball in that situation, go into halftime and regroup, and then come out and go after him in the, in the, in the third quarter. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I think he's been very well calculated in his fourth down gambles, and uh, they've worked out a lot of the time. Scored two touchdowns the other night on fourth down. How about the play of Pat Bethel? Uh, seemed to be showing up pretty well Saturday. Uh, yeah, Bethel's improving, getting better. 
no question. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say he's ever going to be Gerald Willis. Uh, I don't believe he will. But he's a, he'll, he'll, he'll be a rotation guy for the rest of his career. And uh, I agree. He, he, he did improve in the last week or two. And that's all you can ask right now of Pat Bethel. He's uh, a little undersized at tackle, probably playing out of position, um, but nowhere near as good as the other guys at end. Um, so he's making a contribution to the team. He's helping a little bit at times on special teams. Um, so I say it's all good with Pat Bethel, and uh, you've got to compliment him for getting better and better. All right, we're getting down to the, to, to the, uh, the wire here. Um, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, let's go out to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you going? Jay, how's everything? Hey, what's up, Jay? Oh, not much. Um, yeah, late to the show. You know, I just, I'm sure everyone's covered pretty much everything. I would say, um, I want to add something. I know everyone's signed up on arms, you know, the O-line not performing up to expectations or O-line underperforming or, you know, holding the offense back. And I would say that's probably true to a, a key, but, or to a case. But if you go back and look at our recruiting classes, I mean, the guys you're depending on now are your seniors and, they come in a recruiting class, I think, together four years ago, which wasn't this coaching staff. And, you know, Gauthier has become a, a serviceable center. He's, he's, he's probably your second best alumni, I would say, after Donaldson, if Donaldson's playing a guard. But, I mean, you got guys playing up. Donaldson needs to be a right guard. And, you know, your trade off there is Scaife play. Does Scaife play right tackle better than Mahoney plays right guard? I would say that's a wash or even a little bit less than what Mahoney gives you, but if you're putting Donaldson back in guard where he can give you very good to potentially elite play uh, more often than not, then that's a trade-off you have to make, and then you're getting skates of development. Now if Mahoney goes to left guard and, and bumps Jones out of the out of the reps, then so be it. And him and Bulwer uh, go at it there. And, you know, obviously St. Louis should probably be at right tackle. Him and Donaldson last year on the right side of the line were very good, I thought for the most part, mm-hmm. but... Well, Bulwer's you know, been playing just, pretty well. Bull, Bulwer yeah, was, Bulwer's think, getting... He, he was getting after it the other day. I, I don't think they'll mess with the left side. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, Mahoney and Jones slug it out a little bit. I don't know. You know, Jones has not been playing very well this year, uh, which is not a surprise. But uh, I, I think you're going to see more of Scaife at right tackle and more of Donaldson at right guard. And I like that. I think that's going to hopefully set us up, you know, for a little bit of some improvement for the second half of the year. Um, but, you know, going back to the, that class, those guys came in. I mean, you had guys like Barb Milo, who's, you know, just, I mean, he's getting his degree, God bless him, and team as a, as a fourth-year guy. And, you know, I think the kid from Tallahassee, that big, like, redhead kid, Loftus, he's obviously gone. Um, you had who else on them? I mean, he had just, he had too many misses on the offensive line that too year. Too many misses. The year Rick you hit it right in. on the nose. He had yep. Trey Johnson, and that's the only guy you bring in. He's out of the program. So your yep. guys that have been in the program three or four years, you have four of them, and they're all playing. You know, they're all playing. Mahoney's playing. Gauthier's playing. Jahir Jones is playing. And, and Tyrese's playing. And that's it. So, you know, Navon came in last year. Thank God he was a physical specimen. I mean, he, he was ready to play. You know, Hillary was not ready to play. Um, Corey Gaynor was, you know, put in action. Now he's redshirting. You know, same with Herbert. Herbert didn't redshirt last year because he played in the opening game against Bethune for whatever reason. And, you know, we all know he has a bump shoulder. 
uh, last year. So I guarantee his strength isn't up to par yet. And, and it's not a fault of his. I mean, the kid's 19 years old. He's a second-year player. And Alex Leatherwood, not to make comparisons, I mean, he's playing right guard. He's playing out of position for the most part because they have an all-world left tackle. He's probably going to be a top-ten pick at Alabama. But Alex Leatherwood didn't play a lot last year. and He was probably one of the most physically – dominating-looking players I saw at camps, you know, from film and size. I mean, he, he's on par with Levon for size. So it takes these kids, you know, you have to have guys in the program two or three years at least to establish that offensive line. Everyone wants these Wisconsin guys. If you look at Wisconsin, they turn out juniors and seniors and redshirt seniors every year. I mean, they've got five kids now that are probably freshmen and sophomores that are maulers that won't see the field yep. for another year or two. Yeah, they, 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 take, the they take kids that aren't planning on going to the NFL in three years. They develop them properly. And absolutely. you're absolutely right. And and I, I'll tell you what, that's why they won the bowl game last year. They had a seasoned exactly. team. They had a seasoned team, with a, and they had a freshman running back who's, I'm not going to say Taylor's a good player, but, I mean, he's not the shiftiest guy in the world. He's definitely not the quickest guy in the world. But he's just running behind a solid offense line who they play to the system. And that system's been in place since Alvarez started out. And I mean, I remember Barry Alvarez's first game, 1989, when Miami went up there and whipped them 56-3, to three, if you remember that. I mean, it, it's, it took Barry Alvarez a good eight to ten years to build that program to what it was, to where they were consistently battling for Big Ten titles and, you know, playing the Rose Bowls every so often. And, you know, then they, they've established that program. They established their identity, and that's what they do. And, you know, God bless them for it. And, you know, as far as Miami goes, Miami's always been in trouble, even going back to the heyday when we had dominant defense lines physical teams that could run right at you or physical teams that would be up. To, that was always Miami's kryptonite. You know, we always had the speed. We could always go sideline to sideline. And I'll never forget the 94 game against Nebraska, the Orange Bowl, when they just, you know, Warren Sapp was exhausted at the end of the game. And the 24-17 ball game, you know, we lose the national title because we just, we couldn't hold up. And that's, you know, where we're at now. We don't have the depth up front. Now, if you look at the kids who recruit, anyone wants better recruits, I mean, Kai Herbert's a really good player from Heritage. I mean, you know, he had a knee issue coming out of high school and he had a shoulder issue also. I, give him another year or two, I think you can have something there. You know, John Campbell, from all reports that everyone said, he's exceeded expectations so far. You know, he's 6'5 and a probably a sloppy 300 pounds, you know, and that he's got to get himself into shape. You have Cleveland Reed, who absolutely is physically demanding presence. You know, he's probably got to get the footwork down and in the mental side of the game. You have Gaynor, redshirting this year, obviously. I mean, he hasn't been in I think he may play in Savannah State, but I mean that's a given. It looks like he's redshirt to be, you know, the center next year. And you know who you're recruiting this year, and then you know you got those guys all all come in the last two or three years. And Hillary was the scout team player of the year last year, allegedly right at left tackle. So and there's another guy who's just he's a lean six five six six two eighty to three hundred pounds. So he's probably adding strength. And I think the future is bright. You just hopefully, you know, three to four of those kids hit and then you have yeah. the new cycle this year hopefully we get Evan Neal and Mike Tarquin and some of these guys that you have coming in and you you have to get that three to four players every year to have that level of consistency from your junior class to your sophomore class to your freshman class and the expectations that comes with it you know expecting all these guys to just play right off the bat in the trenches in college football is absurd and you know people that know better obviously know better and you know, just I think that's something where the fan base has to understand. That's where it takes to build a team. And everyone wants to go back, oh, 
Nick Saban won a national title his second or third year there. Well, you know what? Mike Shula couldn't coach, but Mike Shula could recruit at Alabama. Mike Shula had Andre Smith at right tackle and about two or three other guys. He had the uh, center that went to the Rams. I forget his name, Barrett, someone, Remington winner. The, those guys were hand gifted to Nick Saban. And guess what? Nick Saban went 7-6 his first year and lost to Louisiana Monroe at home. It took him a good couple of years. He lost to Utah in the Super Bowl the following year. You know, everyone's going to say Utah's a good program, but, I mean, you're telling me the talent level at Alabama wasn't better in Utah that game? It, it took him a few years to get to the level where he's at, and then he's been able to consistently churn out class after class after class of three or four guys on defense, three or four guys on the offensive line, and build them. You know, everyone, they, they never look back. They lost, uh, you know, Ishan Robinson. They've lost Marcel Darius. They lost Deron Payne last year, uh, Jonathan Allen, and it's just the next guy up, and, we're nowhere near that yet, and hopefully we will be in a year or two. But you know what? That's what it takes to win. And yep, those guys you mentioned, they got a hit. They got a hit. A few, a few of them got a hit by next year. And I'm confident they will. You know, I, I, Escape's a hit. I think Escape's going to be an outstanding football player. Um, yeah. You know, he looks to me. He he's he might be the left tackle next year. I, I hope Evan Neal comes in. But is Evan Neal going to be ready to play? I mean, granted, the kid's six seven, three hundred how many pounds he is, but can he move? Is he strong enough in the upper body? You know, that's yeah, all to be seen. We don't know, you know? I mean, he yeah, looks good, obviously. I mean, him and that Thibodeau guy that were going at the five-star challenge, I think you were there. You saw that was a, that was a man's game. I mean, those are future NFL players, yes, but are they ready to play as freshmen? I mean, if he comes, hopefully he is. But that's all I want to say. Just, I think everyone else touched on everything else, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Nikozi getting his opportunity now. Obviously, the talent lever. I'll never bash Malik. Look, Malik brought this program back to relevance. I mean, he, yep. he got us to where we are, and, you know, it's just time to pass the torch. And, you know, Nikozi's making damn good throws. And, you know, he, he looked a little rattled early in the game the other day, no doubt about it. He had some happy feet. And, you know, the first pass to Thomas on that third and fourth, 12, 15-yard game that, you know, was a yard behind the guy. So, but, you know, he, he made the throws when he counted, and, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just hopeful. I'm just I'm eager to watch this O line grow. You know, I think uh, if we can just get some consistency, stop the musical chairs. I think I read somewhere tonight they played seven different combinations last week. Um, you know, that's got to stop. I just I, I'm just hopeful that they can settle Donaldson back to the right guard, skate the right tackle, and just you know let the chips fall where they may. And and you know we're building to the future. Are we a national title team this year? I mean. God bless us. Hopefully we beat Clemson. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'd love it and have some have a chance at it, but are we going to beat Alabama or some of these better teams? I mean, you know, football, football, any given Saturday, but, you know, let's just we're, – we're building. We're doing it the right way, and um, we, we can all see it coming and just got to be patient with it and go Canes. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. We'll talk to you next week. Final call of the night. Let's go to the 973. You're on Kane Sport Live. No, Gary, that's me again. I mean, you don't want me to say anything else. Oh, okay, yeah, we don't, we're happen. not. We're going to bed. We're not. We're done. We're not going back to you. <laughs> I don't know how you ended up at the bottom of the queue, but anyway, hey, I want to thank everybody for calling in tonight. Uh, appreciate it. Great show. A lot of lot of good points and uh, stuff. I want to thank Sicilian Oven for once again being a sponsor of Kane Sport Live. Once again, if you're looking for a place to watch the game on Saturday night and eat some good food while you're at it, pick one of those six locations of Sicilian Oven around South Florida. You've got Plantation at the Fountains off University Drive. You've got the Aventura location, 205th and Biscayne. Um, you've got the Lighthouse Point uh, location. You've got the Fort Lauderdale location on Oakland Park, just west of Bayview. Um, Coral Springs, Sample Road, and 104th. 
So no matter where you are throughout South Florida, you can get to one of those Sicilian oven locations and uh, eat some good food while you watch the Canes game. We'll be back next Tuesday night to talk about the Virginia game and uh, see what happens up there in Charlottesville. And uh, those of you that are making the trip, I'll see you up there. And for now, let's just say goodnight, everybody.